93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And today is Friday, February 19th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the Black Doctors COVID-19 Consortium, an organization that has been testing and vaccinating the community, is holding a 24-hour Vaxathon for eligible people who live within Philadelphia's hardest-hit zip codes. The event starts today at noon and will end tomorrow at noon. They will be administering the Moderna vaccine on a first-come, first-served basis, no appointment necessary, but the event isn't just for anyone. You must be in phases 1A or 1B for eligibility and live within the certain zip codes. Phase 1B includes those who are 75 years or older, along with people with medical conditions, first responders, as well as those who work in childcare, food services, public transit, retail, and manufacturing. These vaccine events run by Dr. Alice Sanford, a Philadelphia native, have been a hu- uh, have seen huge turnouts. Uh, Stanford is focusing on the black community, which she stresses, stresses makes up more than half of deaths related to COVID-19. If you live within one of the 19 hardest hit zip codes listed. Uh, you meet the 1A, 1B criteria. You are clear to get vaccinated at the Vaxathon event. Teachers mm. who live within the hardest hit zip codes are also eligible to get vaccinated at the 24-hour event. My fat ass puts me into uh, 1B, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, my BMI. Uh, even with all the weight that I've taken off, right. I'm still... Body mass index still puts you in the category? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. We'll get you uh, shot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chips Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear how many doses will be available, but second doses will also be administered. Uh, facing growing demands on its highways, Pennsylvania's Department of Transportation on Thursday named nine bridges on six interstates, including 95's mile-long Gerard Point Bridge in Philadelphia that need upgrades, and it will consider uh, for tolling to generate the cash. The work on on the nine bridges could be costly, easily needing a billion dollars for billions of dollars for the projects that could take years to complete. Well, years ago, actually, when they started in uh, building the Verrazano Narrows Bridge in New York, they said they were going to collect tolls until the bridge was set up. And, oh, right. yeah, stop. And Are you serious? Was, yeah, there was how that go? Gen- <laughs> so it, you know. Many years later, when it costs about a hundred thousand dollars to cross the bridge, yeah. that is that. Yeah. That's got to be one of the most expensive bridges, it's, if not the most expensive it's bridge. It's laughable. To what is it? You pay less to go to a fine French restaurant <laughs> than you do to cross the Verrazano. But all of the uh, entry points into the city now are what eighteen dollars or twenty dollars or something. Yeah, like that? yeah. So that what they do is they're they're smart in New York. They try to keep you from leaving. Right. So that's when you get yeah. nailed. It's free to leave. Yeah, yeah. but uh, costs a lot to get in. Yeah, but they but, don't want to. You know, they they it's that slippery slope it's like they they brought there's in this, a, there's this, a money this income. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. yeah well you can't get rid of it now sometimes it used to be wild because even like prior to you know easy pass and stuff like that you just roll through in the way they're checking it now but when you actually manually have to had to take out the cash and go, oh, my God. It was more of a sting. Right. I could go see three movies for this. <laughs> Tolling would be electronic and collected through Easy Pass or license plate billing, PennDOT said. The money collected on a bridge would go to its construction, maintenance, and operation. Of the nine bridges, only one is in the Philadelphia area. The bridges were selected because they are relatively large, costly projects that require improvements sooner, PennDOT said. I think they could expedite things that they just allowed you to leave a bridge in your in your will. Right. Like, <laughs> so, so pick a bridge that you want to be in, a recipient of your will, and, and there you go. Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, for, for people that uh, either work in New Jersey and live in PA or the other way around. Right. There should be some sort of a deal that you get for, you know, f- because it's five bucks either way. And I think that's a lot. Verrazano, I mean. 
I don't. It's it was outlandish the last years ago when I checked. I don't even know what it is now. I just I just checked. It's uh, apparently Verizano now. Steve is one of the only ones that's two way. So you pay going in and going out. Okay, they changed it. Yeah, yeah, but the GW Bridge, Lincoln Tunnel, and Holland Tunnel are all sixteen dollars to get into the city. <laughs> I mean, come on. So what's Verizano? Verizano is uh, nine fifty both ways, and it depends. In case you actually, there is a bit really? of a break if you have Easy Pass. So uh, some of the bridges in different areas have um, discounts if you have Easy Pass. Yeah, they're not their party discounts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not if you're doing the Ben Franklin or the Walt Whitman. Correct. Yeah, that was just just yeah. the Verizon. Right. Uh. The agency tried to give geographical balance to the bridges it selected to distribute the impact. The Toro Company is recalling about 6,700 snowblowers to repair a problem that poses an amputation hazard. Oh, whoa! The defective yeah, products recall right. comes. With much of the country covered in snow, including states like Texas and Georgia that don't typically see the winter weather conditions that bring out plows and shovels. The Bloomington, Minnesota company, uh, based company, received five reports of incidents where its Toro Max snow throwers auger failed to disengage when the controller level uh, lever is released, according to a notice posted by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. No injuries were reported. Made in Juarez, Mexico, the recalled snowblowers were sold in stores and online nationwide at Home Depot, Ace Hardware, and Toro authorized dealers from November 2020 through January 2021 for about $1,200. Okay, I, I, I'm I fairly certain mine is a Toro, and I noticed yesterday Does that... the auger disengage when you release the handle? No, <laughs> right. and that's what I was going to say. Uh, is it red? It is red. Okay, um, might be and, a Toro. But I also, I, I wasn't sure. All right, so the auger is on the right. The uh, motor, um, the you know, the wheel turner, whatever yeah. you call it, is the on the left. The plow go around. Now, here's the deal. If I have them both pressed down and I let go of the auger one and I keep my uh, the left hand engaged that that makes it go forward, the auger still goes. That shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't happen. That should not happen. All right. So, so you probably have one of these that were built in Juarez, Mexico. <laughs> People who purchased the snowblowers were urged not to use them and to contact a Toro dealer for a free repair. Consumers can call the company's toll-free line, uh, which you have access to 24 hours. Uh, you can find a Toro dealer locator uh, through their Toro dealer locator system, which can also be found online. By the way, if you want a total body workout, uh, just push a snowblower without the, uh, the, the motor engaged. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, All right, in sports this morning. The Eagles finally did it. They agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder. What the f*** is this? The Eagles will receive the 85th overall pick in this year's draft and the conditional second-round pick that could become a first-round pick based on Wentz's playing time. He needs to play at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps for the 2022 conditional pick to convey to a first-rounder. The pick could also become a first-rounder if Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps and the Colts reach the playoffs. The worst the 2022 pick can be is a second rounder, meaning the Eagles are assured of getting two picks for Wentz. 
The Flyers returned to the ice last night for the first time in more than a week with an overtime loss against the New York Rangers. Joel Farabee tied the game with a minute 14 to play, but the Rangers took the shootout and the extra point. Up next for the Flyers is an outdoor game on Sunday in Lake Tahoe against the Boston Bruins, and the puck will drop at 3 o'clock. The Sixers, who are in first place in the Eastern Conference, are at home again tonight with a game against the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off for that game is scheduled for 7.30. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We're all prepared for a Friday morning. Steve and I are both wearing our literary shirts today. Yes. I, uh, I'm, I, I chose Stephen King and Stephen George, George, George Orwell. I think you bought the entire George Orwell collection. I was like you. <laughs> I, I hop on a T-shirt site and I'm like, I, and I know you're like, like, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. And then Preston, you're sitting there and, you know, you go to the door and there's a package. Like, what? What is this? What did I get? What? What? Do you get a little excited? I'm just. Like, I've been reading Orwell it? lately, and I'm like, oh my god! And so you get you get sucked down that hole, yeah. and it's like a, it's like you bought yourself a gift, and you, oh, who got me this? I know. I think yeah. I've got a couple more coming too. Look at you! I am so proud of you Thank too. You. Over shopping. <laughs> yeah, over shopping. Yes, treat yourself like please. mindlessly yourself. shopping. Yes, yeah. good for you. Well, we're set to go with a chock full program today. Uh, the Perseverance Mars rover land. Yesterday it was very exciting stuff. It was it was it was a big big news day yesterday. Very much so. So we're going to have Derek Pitts, chief astronomer of the Franklin Institute, is going to weigh in on that and its impact and everything. And another obviously big story was Carson Wentz. So we are going to have uh, our broadcasting brethren, Mr. Anthony Gargano, stopping by today. Middays, of course, ninety seven five, the fanatic, right down the hall from us here. So we'll get an official, you know, voice of authority. On uh, all things involving I love it. in the trade. Do you want to do a last-minute switch as we did yesterday and have Anthony discuss the Mars rover? <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> should do that. Derek Pitts can talk about Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. Uh, but we do have, in between those two, uh, Ryan uh, Naymiller, who is performing at a Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. So we got a bunch of people to talk to today. A lot of things to give away, several other things to discuss. And uh, by the way, speaking of things to give away, our Word of the Week prize, and it's only three letters of 15 digital movies uh, for you to win. You can check out the complete contest or the uh, list of movies at uh, contest at WMMR.com. Uh, so that stuff and more is taking place. Let's take a break, come back in a second, and urge you to be very safe. And please go extra slow on the ride in this morning. Nick. Had an accident. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll probably get into that in a little bit. But, but be careful out there. Yeah, please be careful because it's it's very, very icy. It's it's much more slick, I think, than it was with the snow around yesterday. Far so. more dangerous, yeah. We're going to take a break and be back in a second. Entertainment Report coming up. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24 karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's ask a stupid trivia question and give away a Blu-ray combo pack of uh, the movie Greenland. Uh, see if you can get this correct. And it's uh, Black History Month, so I got these questions from our buddy uh, Craig Legans of the uh, comic book gurus. And he posed this question, which is, name the first woman to run for president on the Democratic national ticket. 
215-263. WMMR. Let's see if you can do this. See if you can name the first woman to run for president on the Democratic National Ticket, Black History Month. 215-263. WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Mentions the birthdays today, Friday, February 19th. Prince Andrew has a birthday today. Mm. Uh, he is 61, and uh, apparently the royal family catching a little bit of guff for acknowledging. They didn't wish him a happy birthday, yeah, but they acknowledged the birth of him <laughs> and the fact that Queen Elizabeth gave birth to him. Wow. Uh, and there's some people that are going, you shouldn't even do that. Well, he he's in a tumultuous situation now because of his Jeffrey Epstein Correct. connections and going to Sex Island and all of the times he was photographed with younger women and uh, yeah. he's not doing well. He was actually always one of the more likable family members right. until all this stuff came out. That was a decent part of that documentary about Jeffrey Epstein was him in the oh, picture with yeah. the girl and him yeah. completely denying it and the girl saying that's me standing next to you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. In the picture. So Prince Andrew, 61 years old today. Uh, Justine Bateman. Uh, Bateman. Yep, from uh, Family Ties and uh, started to, to branch out to movies and things like that. What was that movie? Uh, can't Get No Satisfaction yeah. with Julia Roberts and Liam Neeson. That's correct. Liam Neeson was, I think, a record executive in that movie. Yep, the girls were in a band. Yeah. And it was uh, early in, in uh, um, Julia Roberts', Roberts yeah. career. And Justine didn't quite take. No. Uh, I liked her on Family yeah. Ties, but uh, she celebrates her 50th birthday today. And her brother is Jason Baby. Yep. Uh, Jeff Daniels. You gotta love that Lord, guy. Lord, Lord. <laughs> you gotta love that guy. Uh, have, we've had him in here before, have yeah. we not? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Did we've he, definitely he, had he him on. He brought his guitar with him, too, if I recall. Maybe. Okay. But, um, I know we had David Faustino in from uh, Well, Children. we did. Yeah, yeah. one time. We but we did have him in. <laughs> but listen to the, the, the movies and shows. I mean, all the way from, from Dumb and Dumber to, you know, Pleasantville to the Purple Rose of Cairo. Something wild is a guilty pleasure of mine. Even though he's a bastard in terms of endearment, yep. I love his performance. Yep. And uh, the newsroom had great success as well. The Martian is the head of NASA. He's great, man. He's well, a... 66, what's that? Perhaps his finest moment on screen is when he realizes that Jim Carrey's wearing two sets of gloves <laughs> while, they're, while they're freezing in Dumb and Dumber. And he goes, my hands are sweaty. Uh, happy 66th to Justin, or Jeff Daniels. It's uh, Benicio Del Toro's birthday yes, today. The collector. Yeah. He is the collector from the MCU. Uh, he's he's a... Uh, He's an odd guy. I mean, as far as the characters that he portrays. If you want to see him looking like a kid in the movie uh, License to Kill, the James Bond movie, yeah. he's one of the assassins. He looks like he's 12. Uh, he celebrates his 54th birthday today. Haley Duff, sister of Hillary Duff, yeah. is 36 today. They the were Duff family. That she was going to be a big star as well. She she tried her hand in music for a little bit. None of them need to act because they get all the Duff Brewery money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Duff that they man. were uh, oh, yeah. owners in Springfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have the great Smokey Robinson. Not just a great singer, performer. Unbelievable songwriter, man. They wouldn't be a Motown. I mean, I'm telling he, you. he wrote for so many of the other artists. He did. Yeah. Uh, there, if, if you ever get a chance to take a, a good look at a, uh, a Motown documentary, and there's a few out there, it's a, just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing the amount of music that came out of that group in Detroit. Uh, but Smokey, the great Smokey Robinson, celebrates his 81st birthday today. Also another uh, great in the world of music, Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. <laughs> 
<laughs> celebrates his uh, 73rd birthday today. Oh, my God. We used to put... First band I was ever in, we played this song. We played Sweet Leaf. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's got his own sound, and they certainly were groundbreaking and still relevant today. Tony Iommi, missing a finger, by the way. That's yeah. right. Uh, celebrates his 73rd birthday. Fortunately, he was born with six fingers on one hand. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, so that other one was superfluous that he lost. When I uh, first started working for Pierre here at the radio station, he interviewed Tony right down the hall, and uh, he could not have been a nicer guy. And uh, I didn't know that finger story, and Pierre talked to him about it, but he he got it caught in like a, a press as it yeah. was coming down. And he, crushed, yanked huh? back, and he yanked back, and as he yanked back, the finger stayed and it oh, I didn't know it came off in yeah. the press. I thought yeah. maybe it just crushed and they had to remove it. No. Wow. He was reacting out of pain and yeah, it pulled it right off. Dear God. Uh-huh. I would yeah. hate to pull my fingers off. Right. Me too. Uh, Tony Iommi is 73 today. And then the last birthday we have today is actress Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she is 17 years old today. So the cast is talking about this newest version or this newest season of uh, Stranger Things. And they say it is, and they, this is something that's always blurted out, but I believe them in this case, that it's very dark. That they spend a lot of time, you know, behind the uh, this the the, the, the uh, Soviet curtain, yeah. and and there's a there's a whole bunch of cool stuff going on. Yeah, it looks like it might get darker. We recently, a couple of months ago, watched all three seasons, and God, I loved it so much. I've forgotten how much I absolutely loved it. But that third season uh, got really really funny. I, think I loved it, was, it. I think it was the funniest one of the three, and so I can see them wanted to take a more serious and dark turn in the next one. But they did a cool thing, too, because all the time while it was, uh, you know, uh, funny, it was still, there was a lot of really ominous crap in there. Oh, and there were some yeah. really bad things that yeah, happened, yeah. but it was it was great writing how they were able to keep the, the humor rolling throughout all that. But And, and you know what my daughter loves is the... Um, uh, the movie she did about being uh, Sherlock Holmes' sister. It's a series, right? Uh, I thought it was a movie. It was two know. hours it, long. Yeah, I think it's a movie. Okay. Uh, but they loved it. I haven't watched it yet. I want to yeah. see that. So my wife and daughter. So 17 years old today, Millie Bobby Brown. Wow. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the uh, stupid question. Name the first woman to run for president on the Democratic national ticket, 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Jeff and see if we can get it right. Hey, Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Jeff, who is the first uh, woman to run for president on the Democratic national ticket? Is it Shirley Chisholm? You are correct. (laughs) Shirley Chisholm. Did not know that. Jeff, hang on the line because for you we have a Blu-ray combo pack of the pulse-pounding disaster thriller Greenland starring Gerard Butler, Morena Baccarin, and Scott Glenn. You can own it now on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Uh, Texas, if you've noticed on the news, has been going through a lot with the cold coming through and the snow and the loss of electricity. So the celebs, of course, are uh, sending out their uh, well wishes and actually doing some stuff, obviously, to help as well. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, who hails from Texas, was one of the first to share his support, tweeting, I am sending out prayers of resilience and the humanity of the helping hand out to all Texans that are struggling with the freeze. I have reached out to help Meals on Wheels and several other organizations uh, for more information on resources, how you can help to donate, tap the links that I've uh, placed above. Did he mention my dad? Because my dad is in Texas. No mention of him oh, in that one, right. Steve. Uh, James Vanderbeek, who uh, moved to the state last year, took the Instagram stories on Wednesday to let his fans know that he and his family are now without water. He said, I'm really uh, just sending a lot of good vibes out to everybody uh, who is without power, without water. He explained a series of videos. It's a very serious situation, so... 
I, uh, if you know anybody in Texas and there's any way you can support, just reach out and ask how they're doing. Texas is not used to this, and they're not really prepared for it, he said. You know, the funny thing is, so my, my, I did talk to my dad yesterday. They had they lost power for a little bit. It came back on. Their water's back on. But, you know, he's 94, and, and uh, his, uh, his uh, girlfriend, his longtime partner, uh, Sheila, they're, they, you know, they're up there. And they, they get, it's not that they get a lot of it, but when they get it, they get whomped. And uh, so that's the thing. And, he's, you know, the supermarkets, the shelves are cleared and there's, uh, you know, lines for everything. And, and everyone, their heads are just spinning, you know, mm-hmm. because this one in particular, they were not giving any indication it was going to, they knew it was going to be significant, but not this bad. Steve, I read something the other day, and maybe you can confirm that the Texas homes are built to keep the heat out, but not keep the heat in. It's really, so like, in, in, now they live in a, in, a, in a good house, but here's the deal. It's like Pierre's house here. All windows. Right. Um, the the walls in his, the house he's currently in is is thicker. But the other day he said the temperature inside the house was forty two degrees. Oh my goodness! So so um you know I remember one winter uh, when my father lived alone in, in, a, in like a townhouse. There was a brutal winter. But you know like it's a kind of home like when you walk when you close the front door the, the wall would go you know because they they're, yeah. they're, they're they're that that's it. And uh, so uh, there, I spent one Christmas sitting in his living room, and it was 50 degrees, oh, no. 48 degrees, because <laughs> they had a cold snap. And so we're sitting there with our coats on. Nick, my sister-in-law legitimately lives in a, a little house, a small house, or what are they called? A tiny house. Oh. Um, and, like, it was it was lifted up and, and dropped on her property, and her pipes froze. They busted. Yeah. They're freezing. They can't keep warm. They're, like, trying to light fires to sit in front of it. They're, they're having tons of that. I, I told my dad, I said, listen, at, at his age... You, at least get like a stove you could put fire. You may never need it. That's great if just, you don't. But you know case. that at least one time a winter, you're going to have one or two yeah. days where you're going to need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Patricia Arquette, Chrissy Teigen, Kerry Washington, and others also shared their love and concern. Olivia Munn is thanking everyone who helped police track down the man who allegedly attacked a 52-year-old Chinese mother of her friend. Uh, police tell TMZ that Patrick Mateo... Uh, from Queens, was arrested Thursday and booked on charge of assault and harassment. The attack happened outside a bakery on Tuesday, and the incident was captured on tape. Uh, police tell TMZ the attacker got into a verbal altercation with a the woman, then pushed her, causing her to hit her head. Munn spread the word on social, sharing a shot of the suspect and asked uh, for help generating leads. She also called for the uh, an end to violence against Asians. Uh, she's, uh, when he was busted, she thanked everyone, tweeting, F this guy. The internet is undefeated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She added the hashtag stop Asian hate and protect our elders as well. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are over the moon excited to welcome their second child. Their friends tell people uh, they added they are absolutely over the moon. They are all they always imagine their family of four and are so happy to finally be one. Their firstborn, Archie, will turn two in May. How old is Jughead? Uh, they didn't say. Okay. Uh, their second will likely be their last, as Harry has. T- uh, Harry had told Dr. Jane Goodall for Vogue, which Megan Guest edited, that they wanted two maximum. How many does she want? Don't know. There's the, that's the big issue, right? Uh, Harry, meanwhile, is claiming in a lawsuit against the Rupert, uh, Rupert Murdoch-owned news group newspapers that former reporters from the News of the World and the Sun had hacked his phone and we're planning to lie to Prince Charles and tell him that Harry was a habitual heavy drinker and user of cocaine uh-huh. in order to get an exclusive on Harry's alleged drug use. 
Uh, part of the filing reads, it is admitted that it can be inferred that Glenn Mulcair and Clive Goodman, journalists at the news department of the News of the World, accessed voicemail messages left by and or for Prince Harry, the Duke of Cambridge, Helen Asprey, Mark Dyer, Guy Pelly, and Jamie Lowther Pinkerton for purpose of publication or potential publication in the News of the World. Asprey and Lowther Pinkerton were uh, apparently palace aides. Uh, the news group newspaper, uh, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, the news group newspaper's filing reads, the email referred to by Harry's team does not describe how we were going to blag Prince Charles into believing that the claimant... Is that a variation on blog? Was uh, It says B-L-A-G, I don't okay. know. Uh, the Maybe that's a British thing. Maybe it's like schedule. Was a uh, <laughs> habitual heavy drinker or user of cocaine and cannabis, so whatever, man. To, persa- to persuade someone... In a clever or slightly dishonest way. Okay, to blag them. To blag. To blag. blag. (laughs) Which means to bluff. Of course, your friend was playing poker. We are, next week, we're going to have a a young woman named Leah on our show. We've had her on before. She is, uh, when we were in London, uh, Leah and Joel, they do this YouTube show. And so I was uh, emailing with her earlier this week, and I said, okay, I'm going to pencil this in my calendar. And then she wrote back, all right, I'm going to put it down in my diary. And I was like... Is she being funny, or do <laughs> they call a, a calendar a diary? And... I bet she's just using British slang. Yeah. 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 She was so, blagging you. We'll have to ask about that. Yeah, she was coercing Yeah, you. yeah. she was boot to bonnet. She was persuading you. me. Yeah. Blagged you. She was lifting. Uh, Put in her lorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dolly Parton is asking Tennessee lawmakers to withdraw a bill that would erect a statue of her on the Capitol grounds in Nashville. Uh, She had uh, said, given all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate at this time. That's a very humble thing to do. Agreed. Uh, Democratic Representative John Mark Wendell had introduced a bill last month that aims to honor Parton for all that she has contributed to this state, he said. Aside from her status as a music icon, of course, Parton is a lifelong uh, philanthropist. She had founded the Imagination Library, which mails books to children under the age of five across the world to improve child literacy and her million-dollar donation to Vanderbilt University, helped develop the highly effective Moderna uh, coronavirus vaccine. Her advocacy for racial justice was recently celebrated in a mural in Nashville as well. In advocating for the statue, Wendell had said, at this point in history, is there a better, better example, not just in America, but in the world of a leader that is a kind, decent, passionate, and human being? She's a passionate person who loves everyone, and everyone loves her. In her Thursday statement, Dolly had thanked the legislature for their consideration of the bill and said that she was honored and humbled by their intentions. Although she asked lawmakers to withdraw the bill for now, she did say, I hope, though, that somewhere down the road, several years from now, or perhaps after I'm gone, if you still feel I deserve it, then I'm certain I will stand proud in our great state capital as a grateful Tennessean. They're moving ahead with the plans for the Rhinestone Museum, which is a movie memorabilia museum yeah. dedicated totally to Rhinestone. I'm hoping that the Drinkenstein Wing will yeah, include... Which is like, an active bar. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. like free yeah. samples or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, actually, the, the state song now. Yes. <laughs> Uh, as you walk yeah. in, it's it's it's, like, it's playing. And you're watching the thing like Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know? <laughs> step right uh, there. The Rhinestone Museum come into being. <laughs> it began many years ago. Every time, I'm Budweiser. Oh, shut up! Oh my God, Budweiser. <laughs>
Uh, it is one of uh, golf's burning questions. Who exactly will earn a tee time for the season-ending tour championship? But this year, there's a wrinkle. The tournament has invited Adam Sandler to play around early in the week to commemorate the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore. I would imagine. Have we ever talked about? Uh, a, I'm sure there's been a poll amongst professional golf players. What movie they oh, yeah. consider? I saw it on greatest. ESPN. It, uh, and what did they decide? Uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. And then, yeah. and then they, they wrap okay. it up with, uh, and which is the worst movie? And, and to a T, every one of them say, Caddyshack 2. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Uh, the Tour Championship posted on social media, Hey, Adam Sandler, if this gets 10,000 retweets, will you come play 18 holes with us at the end of August? We take a lot of pride in having you as the 1996 Tour Championship winner. Uh, fans took up the challenge, sending the post over the 10,000 mark in just nine hours. How is Adam Sandler's game? Is he, I don't know. Because the Happy Madison logo mm-hmm. yeah. is a golf ball going yeah. through the window and, and a picture of his dad. You know, you, you can look up uh, actors and their golf games, and, and there's a few out there that, that play fairly well. Uh, but I don't remember his name coming up. Huh. Uh, but he might be a decent golfer. I'm not really sure. The uh, two-time... Uh, FedEx champion Rory McIlroy actually, actually upped the ante with a quote tweet, and he wrote, meet me on the ninth green at nine and wear something nice, Adam Sandler. So that's, I, man, if, I, if Rory posted Dude. that about you, that'd be unbelievable. Uh, he has not yet weighed in on whether he will accept the tea time or not, but he's got to do it. He's got to do it. Uh, the Kardashian-Jenners have a tenuous relationship with basketball fans, with many saying that the second they get involved with a player, their game tanks. <laughs> but Kendall did win over some fans with a now viral picture with Bobby Murphy, a student who got photobombed by the model in a shot that he took with friends Eddie Phoenix Suns versus Brooklyn Nets game. A second photo in the post showed a photo of the four friends at the game. The photo was seemingly taken by Jenner and sent to Murphy's phone. Uh, Murphy had said, thanks for airdropping this pick to me, Kendall. Uh, she went Instagram official with the Suns guard Devin Booker. The Suns lost 128 to 124. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, listen, you can have your preference, and I get it, but but she, like, conga lines these dudes. Well, these listen, NBA stars. she is super-duper high-profile. So yeah. is he. He's also handsome. Yeah. He's like a handsome dude as right, well. Right, right, right. And also... The Suns lost to a really good Brooklyn Nets team, so it was not like they lost to you know uh, you're, you're the Washington Generals. There's no merit to the Kendall Jenner curse. I don't necessarily. I, I didn't like her dating Ben Simmons because right. I didn't like the idea of a distraction like that. I hear you, but and you said it was right? uh, possibly potentially. Or you thought it was uh, maybe. I don't know. But I when just, it doesn't affect our team, it's a, when it doesn't yeah. affect our team. <laughs> okay. I'm totally okay. fine yeah. with it. Uh, Have at it. Kendall and Devin's new relationship has gotten the fashion world's attention as well. She was recently gifted a Louis Vuitton case from the brand Monogrand with KJ plus DB. <laughs> Douchebag. For Kendall uh, Jenner and Devin Booker. So they sent that over to them. Well, Go ahead. Say it. Say what you, you want to say. Free Louis Vuitton No, bag. but you know, it's just annoying. Like somebody who has them and can Get, afford them I is know. getting the free one. Like, mm-hmm. give it to... I, I yeah. spoke to this girl who... Um, she she had gone through some hardships in her life, and she is now in a better place. And she said to me, I'm, I have extra money because I'm not using it elsewhere where I use it. I, I'm saving it. She goes, I want to buy a Louie. And like, I was like, good for her. Like, you know, that, that's something that a she. Louie Anderson. 
But that she won no, but that she wanted, you know, like and, and yeah. now she's able to do that. I was like, Well, good for you, keep saving. But like, you yeah. know what, Louie, give to her. Yeah. yeah. But they you know, it's all about high profile. It's about yeah. all these celebrities. I these I know, and it, I it's it. there's no justice. Uh, well, we'll stay within the group here. Uh, not everyone is a fan of uh, Kourtney Kardashian's new romance with Travis Barker. Uh, his ex, Shanna Mokler, reportedly liked a comment from a fan who told her, and I'll, I'll say uh, verbatim here. Yes. She, that broad <laughs> don't got nothing on you. Travis downgraded big time. So she uh, is spelled S-H-I-I-I-I-I-I-I. Or S-H-H-H-H-I-I-I-I-I. <laughs> So I'm just reading it verbatim. Uh, Shannon Travis... Mokler's had her uh, history of uh, loopiness, right? Yes. Right? I believe she has. Like yeah, Cray Cray? They... Yeah, yeah. So she's a, she's a former porn star, and then they had, there, there were some moments where she went a little... Was she the one on the... Uh... Off the deep end. She's not the one with the neck tattoos, is she? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she does have... She's tatted up big okay. time. All right. Uh, the Blink... I don't know if she has any on her neck or okay. not, but... Uh, the Blink-182 rocker and the model got married in 2004, divorced four years later. They share 17-year-old son Landon and 15-year-old daughter Alabama. Uh, <laughs> Barker and Kardashian went Instagram official on Tuesday, by the way. Are we, by oh. the way, are we Instagram official as a show? Have we, uh, we are, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, are we blue-checked? No. Yeah. I don't no, think we're, we're blue-checked. Alabama! Red bastards. I don't know, still? listen, I... <sighs> Gina Crash and- is a blue-check. I'm going to say this. Okay. I mean, I love Gina, but it's I don't understand how no, she gets I, it. I, we're as famous as Gina Crash. I, no, I know how it works. Uh-huh. Uh, and it has to do with uh, your company getting behind and doing it, and yeah. then you have to relinquish yep. control to oh, the company. Oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. No, so, so they, they don't have to. Our company just Doesn't? requires, requires that. that. Like, everyone at Fox, the... They just Fox has to um, get them the blue check, which they've done. That's what, but that's why all of their at the end of it, it says Fox twenty nine. It's like I don't want Jet Bill Fred, posting Fox for me. Uh, okay, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I love our company, but it's that's our account. It's yeah. our thing. It's our we jam. don't need no blue check, right? Well, what what, what <laughs> well, happens if one day I, I, you log onto your personal site and there's a Bill Weston drum video <laughs> where yours used to be? But I think, by the way, this means Instagram official in this context means that they announced on right, Instagram right. that they're right. officially okay. a couple, so right. it doesn't mean verified. Uh, let's move on to something else. Uh, ABC has recruited Zoe Deschanel. And Michael Bolton to host celebrity dating game. <laughs> this this um this could work. Like Michael that. Bolton has yeah. a good sense of humor. He does. I love her. Yep. Uh, um, and but it will will it legitimately be celebrities in the dating game structure, Preston? It says here uh, a wry wink at modern dating. The non-famous suitors <laughs> will have the opportunity to guess the secret identity of celeb contestants based on clues, questions, and performances by Bolton. So Michael's going to sing, I guess, maybe clues or something. I have no idea. That could be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I don't know what the story is of them going on a date with a celebrity. Has uh, there ever been a show that allowed you to date not that I've ever heard of. A celebrity? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, so that could have some uh, <laughs> legs to it. Now, listen. It's uh, Take uh, Masked Singer and drop it down a notch in level of celebrity. Well, that's going to agree to do something So if you like do that. that, you end up at Masked Dancer. So you need to drop down a little lower. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. And now they're coming out with, you saw Masked Actor? Yeah. Where oh they have God. scenes from Death of a Salesman? Oh. No, no, no. Kidding. No. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. It's a big ice cream cone head. I wouldn't uh, doubt it. Right? I would not doubt it at there, all. Uh, there is, oh, actually, yeah. Marissa just wrote a couple of... Uh, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What? You know what? Who? 
flavor of love and rock of love. Yeah, that was, but that, I'm talking about in the dating game format, where where a celebrity comes out on the on the you know there's the divider and regular three civilians get a chance to date yeah, that person. N- not like that, but I guess technically though on on these these yeah. you know bachelor spinoffs, yeah. they go on dates and stuff. But but I guess that's interesting. What about bachelor uh, auctions? Because they do that with celebrities sometimes. I, so there's a scene in Ted Lasso where the the soccer team that he coaches is available for you know charity for right. a bachelor auction, and I'm you know I was thinking you know that that did they come out did they just huh? you know take that out of thin air or is that no they something do stuff that, like that yeah okay yeah they they definitely do stuff like that for charity I do remember when Chris Elliott got uh, uh, <laughs> auctioned off for two bits. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one time. Yeah, it was uh, the, the day they kept repeating. Yeah. I've been purchased yeah. twice. I got purchased uh, in college at a bachelor auction by a girl who liked me, and then, um, dude, and like she took me to a, a Flyers game and everything. It was, was really, really nice. It was actually, really, really nice. That's good. Do you keep in touch? Uh, on, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You know. Hey, did she get some that night? Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we she she got some before that night too. So okay. Yeah. Oh. It was like, but she wasn't my girlfriend. But anyway. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Steve, you uh, it was Gina Crash. You pimped me out. Um, uh, gosh, when we were at Wine One Hundred uh, at some bachelor auction, and I was the high bid of the night. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, but yeah. she didn't get any of that. No, no, no man. We did a few win a dates here. Girls got to have her standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did win a dates with uh, Stuart Bradley and. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Lauren Harris did it more than once, but I'm trying to. Like, there were a couple of athletes that we Guys had. Guys from the Wings. Did we, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, did we do our own Kyle, Kyle Eckel? Maybe. Yeah, uh, we probably did. Yeah, I mean, there were. There we were did a few bro dates, too. Yeah. yeah. That actually never worked out. That's right. true. I don't think any of them ever worked out, but they were fun for us. <laughs> didn't we do one with Kyle Eckel and then we found out uh, he had a fiance? <laughs> That's oh, possible. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something like that. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes we make mistakes. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a couple other quick stories here I need to All go right. through, guys. Um, on Thursday, it was reported that uh, Kate McKinnon has dropped out of the dropout. Uh, it's unclear why McKinnon exited the project, which she's been attached to as both star and executive producer since April 2019. It was a limited series based on the ABC News podcast about the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes and her Silicon Valley company, <sighs> Theranos, which is too I bad. I want to see that! Well, Kate McKinnon would have been perfect, perfect. as yeah. her. Uh, so filming was scheduled to start in May once McKinnon had fulfilled her current season obligations to SNL. Sources say Hulu is continuing with the project, and the search is underway for an actress to replace McKinnon in that lead role. If you want to watch a new, uh, well, it's sort of new. It's a documentary series called The Lady and the Dale. And it is a, uh, it oh, is a, yeah. cr- I sent you guys the trailer to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and if you remember there for a while, there was like a three-wheeled car that was you'd start to see pop up. It's like 70s and 80s. And, and it, just check out that trailer. You'll be Is you'll it be a movie? In. It is a series. Oh, it's a, a series. A limited okay. series. All right. Uh, so this series recounts how Holmes raised hundreds of millions of dollars to fund her biotech startup and became a media darling the whole time, though, she was concealing the fact that her blood testing machine actually didn't really work. It was a piece of garbage. Holmes is currently awaiting trial on 12 felony fraud charges. Meanwhile, it's believed that McKinnon remains attached to play Carol Baskin in a series about Joe Exotic. So she's going to be busy doing that as well. Uh, one more story, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Uh, Mom has become one of two CBS shows canceled so far in 2021, alongside NCIS New Orleans, which we mentioned yesterday. Mom was uh, so I watched Mom 
uh, in syndication, and I watch it, you know, when it originally airs. It's a very funny show, great ensemble, but um, they had a cast departure, and I guess yep. that precipitated the whole thing. So Allison Janney, as a recovering addict, uh, would end at the close, uh, or the, the sitcom would end at the close of the final season, uh, and May 6th is when that would have been, but the departure of Anna Ferris from the show may have been a significant factor in the cancellation of the sitcom as, as ratings on the series remain respectable, uh, though around a fifth of viewers have stopped watching the show this season, which began with her character, Christy, uh, starting at Georgetown Law School on a scholarship. Uh, Ferris has surprised many by announcing that she was not returning uh, for season eight just weeks before the production was set to start on the current set of episodes. So, yeah, that may have been the case. Uh, we are going to highlight some movies that are opening. Movies! Yep, this weekend. I would pay good money to have that actually run in a theater. Yeah. When we get back into the theaters, yes. before a movie, yeah. and just uh, substitute that out and see the audience reaction. I would love to as well. All right, so two movies opening this weekend. Uh, no Man Land is uh, opening. Stars uh, Francis McDormand, uh, Peter Spears, and many people that you have never heard of. I couldn't find another name in the list. A woman embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession. It's an hour and 48 minutes long. No rating on this. It is streaming and uh, in limited release. Rotten Tomatoes score gives it 94%. They say it's a lot like the movie Hollywood Nights. It sounds yeah, yeah. like it, yes. <laughs> And then the other film that's opening is I Care A Lot. It's a mystery thriller with some comedy. Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, and Diane Weist star. Uh, The plot is poised with shark-like self-assurance. Marla Grayson is a professional court-appointed guardian for dozens of elderly wards uh, whose assets she seizes and cunningly bilks through dubious but legal means. Uh, running time, hour and 58 minutes long. This one gets a good score, too. It's 85%, and it's streaming and in limited release yeah, It looks well. pretty badass. I watched the trailer a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I'm definitely going to check that out. This okay. is on Netflix? Yeah. A okay. uh, couple of good movies this yeah. weekend. All right, we're ready for clips. Fear of Rain follows a girl with early-onset schizophrenia who starts to feel some sense of normalcy in her life but then must figure out what's real and what's fake when she suspects her neighbor kidnapped a child. In this clip, Madison Eisman reveals her main source of inspiration for the character. Here we go. There was a memoir that Castile and I both followed along. Um, It's called The Sinner Cannot Hold by Ellen Sachs. It's about Ellen Sachs' life from being a young child uh, dealing with schizophrenia and then also into into adulthood. So that was definitely probably like our main source of kind of where we could pull from. What the f*** happened? Fear of Rain is now available on YouTube and Amazon Prime Video. Here's the next clip. Me, you, madness. There's nothing short of madness when a young thief cases an architectural, or chases, I should say, an architectural dream house in Malibu uh, that turns out to be home. Oh, no, I guess cases. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. He's a thief. And he cases. Yeah. Let's start again. 
A young thief cases an architectural dream house in Malibu that turns out to be home the home of an eccentric female serial killer. Wait, it's a mobile home, so he could chase it. In this clip, star and director Louise Linton explains what inspired her to create this film. Here we go. I've loved the femme fatale genre my whole life. And I've also loved, you know, just cinema in general. And this movie is a movie that pokes fun at other movies. Uh, there's a lot of de- very deliberate movie tropes in the film and um, a lot of very treasure for for film buffs. Shut up, dummy. Uh, Me, You, Madness is now available on YouTube and Amazon Prime Video. And there you go. That's your report for today. All right, we have a lot to get to today. we got a number of guests are going to be joining us. We're going to talk to Derek Pitts, Chief Astronomer, Franklin Institute, Perseverance. The Mars rover landed yesterday. Big news. Yes. Comedian Ryan Niemiller will be performing at Helium Comedy Club. We'll talk to him as well. And with Carson Wentz trade, we're going to get our buddy Anthony Gargano from 97.5 The Fanatic, our sister station, to stop by this morning and give his take on all of it. We'll take a break and be right back. Be careful on the road. Slick this morning. WMMR, now available at radio.com while supplies last. So overnight, yeah, we started getting some rain, like, you know, misting rain, and uh, temperatures were like 28 degrees when I left for work this right. morning. So as I was pulling out of my driveway, kind of fishtailed coming out of the driveway, started headed down the road, and uh, I do the old, in my neighborhood, I do the slam the brakes test. Uh-huh. Uh, just to see how far I'll slide. It's a good test. And I uh, did that a couple times. I'm like, okay, pulling up to intersections, going to have to go real slow before stopping. And uh, once I got onto the main thoroughfares, I mean, even the, the the secondary roads, not just the neighborhood roads, like the secondary roads, I was slipping all over the place. Uh, but once I got onto the actual highway, onto the turnpike, um, it was just wet. But... Uh, Nick had an altogether different experience on the way in this morning. Yeah, I woke up to a layer of ice on my car as well, but I was I was not in a hurry this morning. I had uh, plenty of time to get into work, so I let the car run for a stretch and get the ice off and um, actually sat at the intersection for a little while and, and just let the car warm up and whatever. Got on 476 North, which was fine. It was going slow. And then the uh, off-ramp from 476 North to the on-ramp on 76 East, um, I took at a normal speed, probably, I don't know, 10 miles an hour slower than normal, um, and I'm really glad that I did because it was incredibly slippery. It was really icy and uh, started to fishtail on that. So uh, it's a curvy um, off-ramp and on-ramp, but it's not a terrible one, you know? It's- yeah, but you, it, the problem with ice and the problem with ice at night <laughs> um, is that uh, it'll you're too far gone before you realize right. you've hit it. Couldn't have said it any better, and, Steve. And by the way, uh, Nick just didn't slip and slide. If anybody finds a quarter panel <laughs> for a car yeah. that is missing, um, get it to Nick because... Yeah, you, you you did more than just slide. A blue Subaru Outback uh, <laughs> right above the wheel well. So, yeah, no, I, I started sliding to the left, and then, Steve, yeah, it just you lose control, and then you have that feeling in your body of, yeah. okay, I no longer have control of this car. Uh, and, and like I said, it was not going terribly fast, but then I, I – so I started off going to the left, fishtailing to the left a little bit, and then the car and I started to correct and then went back to the right, and then – uh, as I was going to the right, I, I was able to correct a little bit, but not before hitting ramming into the snowbank at, I don't know, 35 miles an hour, something like that. That's enough. It's that's, enough. That's more yeah. than enough. They, they always say, you know, that you're supposed to turn into the slide. Yeah. I don't, you know, that now I'm I'm pretty good at that, but that goes against every fiber, every nerve in your body. You want to go away from where you're sliding, so the inclination to, to turn into it. 
is bizarre, but and, that supposedly is the case. And sometimes it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes right, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, I had zero control of the car at that yeah. point. So um, I, I slammed it in the snowbank. Um it panicked. It felt the tension throughout my entire body. Yeah. I was fine the whole time. So, um, uh, you know, I was never really that worried about myself. A, a bunch of the stuff in the car kind of, uh, you know, got discombobulated and ended up in the, the you know, front seat and whatever. Um, get out of the car, inspect the car, see the little panel missing. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But, it, but the car seemed to be drivable and okay. And then a really nice guy named Mike, uh, who was driving a pickup truck, stopped. I mean, I was there for 30 seconds before he stopped. Oh, awesome. Especially cool. at that time yeah. in the morning? Yeah, to get right. to, yeah, somebody passed by? Totally, and helped me push it out. It did not take much. Uh, I was not able to do it on my own, or at least didn't think that I could do it on my own. And then uh, he helped me push it out. And then, uh, like, I, I, it was one of those things where, like, okay, goodbye, Angel. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see you later, buddy. And then uh, I drove into work. I must go back to heaven now, Nick. <laughs> right? My work here is done. Um, Be a good person. And uh, so thank you to him, the random stranger. And, uh, yeah, and the car's... Cars drivable made it here, but seriously, like, <laughs> uh, drive slow. And if you don't down have- on Earth, there's a man with a huge head. I'm going to help him. It looks like he needs help anyway. Um, and <laughs> it's then, a wonderful life too, you know. And then you just drive. Uh, like, there's that combination of fear and anger, and what the. F was I doing on the road in the first place? Um, could I have done anything differently? No, and then no. I, it's like realize... Kathy getting stuck in the intersection. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in it. When you're in it, it's over. So you're just, yeah. that's you're it. just it. Yeah. When you, and seldom in life are you presented with a scenario <laughs> like that where you can go, man, I, that, that that was a close one. I mean, when you're, you know it when you hit that patch of ice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I clearly remember, uh, this was a couple of years ago, um, in, in my car heading home. And and I I I came down. This is when we were on Rochelle Avenue in in Maniunk and uh, Wissahickon, and uh, by the Wissahickon train station. And there's just a little bit of a decline around, and then it, it veers back up again and starts to ascend up. But it it hits its divot, so to speak, right in front of the platform for the train station. And I'm seeing I see a car there, a couple cars. And my car, this is, yesterday I was mentioning as we closed out the show that I found out the hard way that I had summer tires on my car. Oh, yeah. So that was when I found out. And uh, the car started to slide. And I'm like, I'm in no longer in control of this car. And I was going very slowly. And I'm heading towards this car that's right there at the bottom. And I'm like, I, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do. I hit the front right. Slowly, but I hit it. Yeah, you know, scratched it. So I write a note. I get out to put the note on the um, windshield wiper under the windshield wiper. There are two other pieces of paper already there. Two, two other people that I collided with that car a couple wow. of times. So I took my piece of paper back and said, I wrote another one that said, "Man, those other people suck." <laughs> no, terrible. But yeah. um, hang on, we have some advice uh, from a guy who is a former drift racer. Uh, this is Vince. Hey, Vince, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, Ed. What's up, man? <laughs> Not so bad. How are you? Doing well. So what's your advice for people slipping on the ice? So um, what you try to learn when you're drifting a car, especially if it's front-wheel drive, it's going to be a little bit harder. But if you have a rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive car, like I know a lot of you guys have like Subarus and stuff like that, they're all all-wheel drive. Um what you do is you always want to keep your the wheels of the car pointed the direction that you want to be going. So it takes a little bit of uh, like a sixth sense, you could say, right. to kind of know where the wheels are pointed. Like if you've been driving a while, you know yeah. where the wheels are pointed. Sure. And then yeah. it, as you 
if you're taking the turn like a little too tight and like the front of the car is going to hit like the driver's side, there's a guardrail or something right there. If you give the car a little bit of gas, it's going to slide you more and it'll keep you away from that guardrail. But on hmm. the flip side of that coin, if you lift, uh, say the back end of the car is going toward a, you know, a guardrail toward like your passenger rear quarter panel. Yeah. If you take your foot off the gas, the car is going to grip up. Okay. And it's going to start to take that turn a little tighter. It's good advice. I just, my, my brain doesn't operate that way. And maybe like yeah. with training it would or, you know, after time. But my in, my instinct says try to correct the wheel as best you can and slam on the brakes. Not even you know? the experience you gleaned from your years Thanks. in Tokyo drift racing? No. You no. know, I, and I, I tried that for a number of years. <laughs> By the way, this text, this will remind you. Uh, this guy says, hey, been out all morning hauling salt. Take your time. You'll be fine. Four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive doesn't mean, mean all-wheel stop. Right. right. So that's the thing. Just because you have four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive doesn't mean you're not going to slide. So keep that in mind. All right, anyhow. Whee! Yes. That's what I get to do. There he went. Crash. Uh, so be careful on the road this morning because it is slick. Right now I was just looking at the temperature. It's 29 degrees. So that's right at that, that point. Yeah, you've got to be very freeze. careful. Uh, but you know what we need to do uh, while you're taking it easy on the way in this morning? We need to go through the junk drawer. Yeah. yeah we got to sift through some stuff. So this is our new junk drawer music. And let me dig through and see what I can find. So Sunday is the 35th anniversary of a video game that um, was near and dear to me and still is, The Legend of Zelda. 35 years old is when it it turns on on Sunday. Uh, There are actually a a bunch of other games uh, that are going to be turning 35 in 2021. Uh, Some of them I'm not familiar with. Uh, Castlevania, Dragon Quest, and Metroid. Castlevania and Metroid actually started to morph into as you know the new graphically intense game systems came out yeah. like Metroid Prime and and uh, Castlevania got more and more elaborate but yes it, it, these these games have been super popular for a long time. Yeah, these were all the games that were sort of in my wheelhouse with the exception of Zelda. I never was able able to really get into Zelda. Um I I, I was I'm with Preston on that. I was Zelda right from the beginning. But, like, Metroid was one. I never owned it, but back then, Nick, I don't know if you were the same way, but you would trade, not trade, um, but like all for sex. Well, no, not trade for good, but like trade yeah. for a week. Like, oh, I'll oh, trade, yeah. I'll trade you my Rad okay. Racer right. or your Metroid, and yeah. then you would take that and you right. borrow, swap, swap. Yeah, I remember uh, playing Zelda the first time. I was over at my buddy Billy's house, and you know he had the standard Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. and he was playing this game, and, I'm, and he's like, yeah, dude, it's it, you have all these areas you can go to. It's a puzzle. I don't know how it's going to end. I have no right. idea what, what all this is about. And it, it's the first type of adventure game I ever played. Yeah. And I just got I, I got sucked into it. I'm like, this is another level of game. This is cool. So a perpetual game in my in my top five games of all time is Twilight Princess. That's amazing. And that, that is, uh, you know, that's in, in, uh, a Zelda game. Um, so with that, I'm sorry, Nick, uh, real quick, with uh, Twilight Princess, so what they're planning to do to mark the 35 years of, of the series, uh, according to VGC journalist Andy Robinson, he said Nintendo fans can be on the lookout for Windwalker and Twilight Princess this year. In fact, he's so confident he says it's 100% happening. Presumably, there'll be the HD versions from the Wii U generation. Wii U, guess what I get to do? <laughs> and they'll be... Wii U! Uh, and they'll be released on the Nintendo Switch as well. So I, I would dive right back in and play Twilight Princess again. My son, Carter, last year, it might have been year, last year or the year before, 
broke out her old Wii, dusted yeah. it off, made sure it still worked, and he replayed all of Twilight Princess again. Did you play the last one? Uh, some. Uh, a little bit. And I didn't... It was too big. Uh, it was a bit... It was too Too big. much for me to, to try and tackle the whole game. There were too many decisions from second to second? <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I, like there, there are games that are... Um, that are fantastic games that I know are wonderful games, but at a certain point, they ask so much of you well, and so yeah. many decisions. I'm like, can I just play the goddamn game? Once you have to start combining all kinds of stuff, no. items, items in your inventory, no. it's too much work. Go to I, hell! I, I hate you. It's too. I, I I want to be. I want to. I, I don't want that much work in my game. I want to have fun, and yes. I do want decisions to make. But when you you know decide, wow, if I if I mix. Uh, the mushroom and the mint and uh, and these boots that I found, yeah. uh, they become uh, magically able to walk through walls. Hey! Just give me a magically able to walk yeah. through walls cloak. Exactly. In the early 90s, it seemed to me that there were two camps. You either really loved, if you loved grunge music, you really, really loved Pearl Jam or you really loved Nirvana. And I think with Zelda, it came down to you really loved Zelda or you really loved Super Mario Brothers. Mm. And I was a Super Mario Brothers guy and yeah, I, I liked Zelda. Zelda. I, yeah. I enjoyed playing that a lot, but to me, like, the Mario Brothers world was the one that I, I loved and I fell into in Super Mario 1, and then 2 was okay, but 3, I got into that as well. Mm-hmm. Zelda, I would play with friends, and Casey, we would trade it back and forth, yeah. but I never I never got into it the way that you guys did. Is I that, never that played accurate? it. I, I got emotionally right. involved yeah. in, in Zelda. I kid you not, the story I about told her you. and... Zelda, Twilight Princess, I tear up. If I, yeah, hear, I, cry. If I hear a certain passages <laughs> of that music, yeah. I, I mean, you need... like. <laughs> You, like the, 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 there are just simple parts of that story that are so beautiful and so well done mm-hmm. uh, that you can't help. You know, I've played games before that that end emotionally. Like, when, dear God, that's amazing. When when uh, when Midna goes, you know, his yeah. sidekick kind yeah. of goes away, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, well, <laughs> she breaks the mirror and they can never see each other again. <laughs> it was it was sad, and and. Uh, <laughs> In the original game, if they're, they're, they have kind of like end credits that that happen, and yeah. then it, it's it's going through the different uh, areas, the maps, and so on, and then it ends with this really dramatic music, and the words come up on the screen and say, "And the master sword sleeps forever." And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> "What just happened? I'm gonna throw up! I'm gonna throw up!" <laughs> I played Zelda on Nintendo. You, you did? Yeah, as Get a kid. Yeah. All right. When so. my brothers were big into video games, they had Zelda, and I played it for a while. It used to, it was very frustrating, though. Uh, why? Just the like, game in general? Just the game in general, yeah. I mean, I did like it, and I got into it, um, but it, I found it. I found it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Music got a lot better, is it? It yeah. did, yeah. yeah. So anyhow, that's 35 years old. Um, there are a couple other... Uh, games this year that are going to be celebrating uh, 25th anniversaries. Um, Doom, uh, Dead or Alive, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider will be celebrating their 25th anniversary so this year. Those are all great games. Doom, I remember the first time I played Doom, I was like, oh my god! And they got graphically better. There, <laughs> a lot of times with these games, as with so much in life, yeah. they over-engineer them. And a lot of times, Preston, as with like even Zelda, they they rob it of its. What yeah. did you enjoy it for? Mm. And they uh, well, we got to change it. I, I, if you listen, if they were to change it, and I would love it. I'd probably be on board with making the changes. But so many times, it's like, duh, 
You know, remember why people love this game. Yeah. I want to know why I stopped playing video games altogether. You like, won out of time. I stopped, Case. I would play for, for uh, I was a fairly consistent player. You don't have time. So games that you can jump in. Yeah, you became in and, an adult. No, yeah. that's not it, man. That's not it. I, I watch plenty of television. I spend plenty of time doing other things that could be spent playing video games, mm. right? It's not like I'm out there, you know, running marathons or anything like that. Like, yeah. I just choose. And my son is playing video games five yards away from where I'm sitting watching TV. My wife is playing, though, again, I tell you this. She says she's not. She's playing video games all the time on her phone. They are video games. Yeah. And Kathy, you, you so you ever you play games on your phone? Not. I mean, not really. Okay. I, I have games there, but not anymore. No. Uh, there's two things. Number one, the uh, the gameplay has to be good, and there's got to be a story to it for mm. me uh, that that makes it worth it. So, and campaigns are becoming less and less popular, right? So, exactly. you, 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 it, it's the games that have a full story in it are are fewer. Yeah. They're still out there, and they're great. I mean, God of War, the last God of War was thundered. It was amazing. Yeah, I um I sit there and I listen to my son playing, uh, you know, Fortnite, and he'll play Fortnite until like whatever. Um, version is getting old for him, and then I'll switch to, like, Call of Duty or whatever. But um, so right now it's Fortnite, and, and he is playing with his friends and yeah. cousins and stuff like that. So I hear him getting so mad and so frustrated at the people that he's either playing with or playing against, and I hear him yelling. And it, it, it dawned on me last night. I was getting annoyed, and then I was like, oh, you were the same way with your Nintendo Except you were getting mad at the computer and not another human being. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like, yeah. I, I, and I, I, I mean, I would bite the controller and get so. <laughs> we talked about that stuff that you 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 break. I I have to get a new. I mean, I I I've destroyed a couple of systems and controllers yeah. that I just went right back out and bought again because I you know. <laughs> yeah, and that maybe that's why I don't play video games anymore. You know. Yeah, I know. It might I know. Be, it may have sullied it for you. Uh, so anyhow, 35th anniversary of Legend of Zelda is on Sunday. What a great game. All right, let me see what else I have in the junk drawer. Uh, this is pretty interesting. You guys have heard uh, over the years that um, uh, a dog's year is equivalent to seven. Seven. That's the, uh, that's the going rate so far. I had seen other stories in the past that said it depends on the breed. And right. that, that seven might work for some dogs and, mm-hmm. and it might be three years for others and blah, blah, blah. But there is a new equation that was developed to measure how a dog ages. And it finds that your pup may actually be a lot older than you realize. And it's interesting because it changes as the dog ages. It's not like just seven years per one year. It's a certain amount for a, a certain time. And as they get older, it slows down a little bit. So the findings uh, were published recently in the journal Cell Systems. Uh, and it calculates that a five-year-old dog would be pushing 60 in human years. So according to uh, Trey Eidecker, who is the study's senior author, he said puppies age super quickly. By the time a dog is a year old at a molecular level, he's much more like a 30-year-old human. Retrospectively, he said we didn't know these things, and it didn't make any sense that the equivalent of a 7-year-old human would be able to have puppies. Yeah. So that's why. They would have humans. Molecularly. A, a one-year-old, I guess, dog could have could get pregnant. That's and, why. Yeah, that's why you never see dogs setting up college funds. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Eidecker and colleagues notice that dogs, just like humans, have chemical marks on their DNA called uh, methylation marks uh, that change with age. The methylation mark, or uh, as Eidecker calls them, wrinkles on the genome, 
change in predictable ways as we and dogs age. To find the mathematical relationship connecting dogs, uh, dog aging to human aging, Eidegger and his uh, colleagues studied 104 Labrador retrievers whose ages range uh, from weeks old puppies to 16-year-old dogs. When they compared the dog's DNA data to information from humans, the researchers came up with a new equation to figure out the dog's Comparable human age. Now, this is a little complicated. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll dumb it. That's down. the Facebook status. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. So the equation is, and and it uses something in math that I'm not familiar with. An algorithm. Is not that an correct? algorithm. An algorithm. I O G A R I T H M. Well, let's go with that. So it's called the natural algorithm, or N I or I N. And I guess calculators have that on there. I N. Huh. Or is it LN? It might be. Is that is that a lowercase L there? Mm. It might be LN. I don't know. Anyhow, I know what so, LOL means. So it's <laughs> sixteen LN times the dog age plus thirty one equals the human oh, age. Oh, forget it. So for an iPhone calculator that have the natural algorithm or IN or LN function, I don't know if it's I. Somebody, a mathematician, is going to have to let me know. <laughs> Um, the fir- first type in the dog's age. It is LN, Preston. Okay. okay. Yeah. Then you hit the LN button. Okay. So hang oh, on. it is a logarithm. It's then. a logarithm. Okay. It's a logarithm. Yeah, okay, because yeah. okay. it, it looked like it was capitalized well, with yep. an I. Okay, okay. So a logarithm. All right. So, so it's uh, basically calculus. So then you hit. So here's you do. You, you type in the dog's age. I just did that. Then you hit the uh, LN button, the logarithm I just button. Did that. Uh, multiply that result by sixteen. Okay. Then add 31. Oh, jeez. Okay, plus... And that's it. Okay. So my puppy, Reggie, uh, is 48 years old. He's older than me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. In his years. In his years. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Okay. That's interesting. I was wondering, because he's a bigger dog, and I was thinking about this the other night. Do bigger dogs age faster? No. Well, no, his his heart beats... Like, he... Like, he's always, like, revved up, and I yeah. wondered if that had anything to do, because... His lifespan is somewhere between 8 and 12 years old. That's not, I'm not going to get much time out of him, and that makes me sad. Yeah. And I was wondering if it was because of how wrapped up he is. The the bigger ones tend to not live as long, and Mm -hmm. and so that's why it depends on the breed. And they don't give that information in this study of what you need to consider when it comes to the breed. I'm sure that things start to adjust also with the size, and then then perhaps certain dogs, uh, uh, you know, like I I had a Great Dane. Great Danes are big dogs, Mm -hmm. and they, they don't live all that long. Uh, but um, uh, I think maybe nine years. Yeah. yeah. I, well, my cousin got 12 out of hers. Yeah. Uh, she had, and she just had to put him down uh, last year. But, I, you know, I was surprised at that one because I thought you would get eight to nine years out of a great day. Right, right. Beautiful so dogs. using this equation, a one-year-old dog is like a 31-year-old human. A three-year-old dog is like a 49-year-old human. And a seven-year-old dog is like a 62-year-old human. <laughs> By this time, the dog's aging has slowed down, so an eight-year-old dog is like a 64-year-old human. So it they, they age quickly, and then it slows, slows down. down. This is genetically. This That'd is be their, cool in yeah. life. Well, I don't know. Totally. No, but you know, you'd, you'd want your younger years. You would not have. That's true. Right. So you'd want your younger years. You wouldn't want to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm three years old as a human, but I'm actually in my 60s. Yeah. But slowing down later <laughs> but, on But slow down later would not be too bad. Uh, so Interesting. According to this equation, the average 12-year Labrador lifespan is equivalent to a human living to about 70 years old, which is not that great. Eidegger uh, suspects there will be some variation based on dog breed that they will follow a similar pattern. Yeah. Uh, the new dog age math has given Eidegger some um, pause when he thinks pause. about 
taking his own dogs on runs. He said he now realizes his six-year-old dog is actually pushing 60 in human years, and maybe mm-hmm. taking him for a run is not a good idea. So I had to stop with my dog, Chelsea. We do, we do you know, five, six-mile hikes and uh, in some pretty rough terrain, and she was my buddy all the way through that. Now it's regular walks because mm-hmm. right. she can't do it, you know? My son and my girlfriend are giving me the hard press every day. For a dog? For a dog. dog. And I am outnumbered, and it's a losing battle. I know it's just a matter of time. And listen, I love dogs. I had three great dogs growing up. They were all golden retrievers. Um, I'm just... uh, comfortable right now yeah. and it's 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 selfishness you know well yeah there's con- there's obviously considerations about w- what are you gonna do hey you want to leave for the weekend yeah that type no. of thing yeah. Yeah. it's not like a cat cats right. are a different animal and we have mm-hmm. a cat and she's wonderful and great and, and, and i'm sure at some yeah. point we'll be getting a dog too it's just right now like, all the time right when are we getting a dog when are we getting a dog so that is that's the equation to use uh if you if you want to uh if you, if you have an iphone because it's different for google calculators so, so like on a Galaxy phone, kit, will your yeah. dog be younger or older? Well, if you're using Google's scientific calculator, first hit the logarithm and then type in the dog's age uh, and then equal it out. Next, multiply by 16 and add 31. So it's a different series of steps. And also, but you can do a quick search online and find this formula. On your iPhone calculator, if you want all that stuff, you have to turn it on its side to get all those extra Oh, that's buttons. right. Yeah. Really? I always forget about yeah. that function. Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see what else. Junk drop. Junk drop. Um, oh, a new study finds out that uh, people who are dreaming, a person who is dreaming, can somehow or another be able to answer questions. Northwestern University researchers say that those who are dreaming in the deepest stage of sleep or REM sleep, uh, the, and they found that those in this state can engage in real-time communication and that they're capable of comprehending questions, engaging in working memory operations, and producing answers. So someone who is experiencing an actual dream yeah. could be conversed with possibly, and in a in the real world or in the um, uh, non-dream world, give legitimate responses and inter- like like a state of hypnosis. Yeah, the experiment showed it was possible for those lucid dreamers to follow instructions, do simple math, answer yes or no questions, or tell the difference between different story stimuli. It's hoped that the methods used here could be used to help people in various ways, such as solving problems during sleep or offering novel ways to cope with those <laughs> who have uh, nightmares. Uh, okay, so people have... People have like like terrifying nightmares. Mm-hmm. This might be that, that I can see that as an application for therapy. Do you do you know anyone who has like night terrors or things of that nature? Um, my dad was having them for a while. Yeah, and it turned really? out it was the heart medication he was on. Oh, okay, wow. yeah. So he he takes beta blockers and all this stuff. He's got arrhythmia. He's got these heart issues, and he was having to take these. I think it was the blood thinners um, that were uh, that may have been the culprit. He How bad were they? Like he screaming. He, his uh, his nightmares involved snakes. Wow! And it would cause him to physical have physical outbursts, like kicking and throwing yeah. things around and getting dangerous. Wow! Uh, while sleeping, and it, and he was on the upper bunk in the bunk bed. Well, the fear was he would hurt himself. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes, that, of course. Might, or or might, somebody sleeping with. Yeah, that he might fall and and hurt himself, and it was uh yeah it, it was terrifying for him, but it. it Turned out it was some medication Jeez. that he was taking, but it went on for years before they were able to figure out. Years with night terrors, and then as you as you have that, you're afraid to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. so you're never quite rested, right? Unless exactly. you get a sleep number bed. That's right. 
I'm an 85. Yeah, I'm a 90. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know exactly the details of this particular thing, but they're working on being able to communicate people. Steve, it's like Dreamscape. I know. I love Dreamscape. Movie. I'd love to be able to jump in and tell someone to piss themselves. All right. <laughs> All right uh, let me see. Let's go with one more story, and then uh, then we'll uh, take a break. But okay, so you may have seen this, maybe not. South Padre Island in Texas, they got hit by the storm. Obviously, yeah. it's been wreaking havoc all over the state. Uh, but dozens of residents ventured on foot and boat to rescue another species that makes its home there, and that's the island's famous and endangered sea turtles. And this was earlier in the week, but volunteers at Sea Turtle Incorporated had transported more than 3,500 comatose turtles for rehabilitation at the town's convention center. Maybe they can uh, use that sleep therapy for them. Uh, conservationists uh, look to gradually increase the body's, uh, the animal's body heat as they lie on tarps and kiddie pools indoors. Sounds like someone's trying to talk to me. Uh, hundreds of those turtles rescued in Texas may have already succumbed to the cold, by the way. Uh, but the conservationists say it often takes days for them to determine how many turtles have been able to survive as the reptiles slowly regain warmth. So... Uh, the turtles, which, by the way, are sometimes called lawnmowers of the ocean, thrive off the area's thick underwater vegetation and keep the ecosystem balanced. But when the water temperature drops below 50 degrees, um, which is a rarity in South Padre Island, uh, the chill can cause them to become what they call cold stunned. Uh, the turtle's heart rate lowers. Its flippers become... Wasn't he an action hero? Uh, paralyzed, what, cold stunned? Cold stunned. I don't know. Uh, and I the bo- these, uh, I want you to look for my new movie, Cold Stun. <laughs> it's about family. Is it about family? <laughs> I thought it was about turtles. About turtles. All right. I'm about to play a turtle in the movie. Uh, so the heart rate lowers. The heart rate lowers. The flippers become paralyzed, and its body will float comatose above the water. Uh, sometimes they wash ashore. Uh, and it's this state of hypothermic shock that can put them at risk of predators, boats, and even drowning. Of course. Well. How so far predator- can they float? Yeah, predators. Exactly. Predators are yeah. Bad. Maybe that's who Vin Diesel's yeah. going to go up against. Predator. Uh, how, what, what was your question? How far could they float, do you think, if they were, if they were? I mean, obviously when they hit warmer water, but it would be like they'd wake up and, and you know, yeah. up the coast of Brazil? Maybe. I, I don't know, because it, they get so lethargic. It's like the... Um, Where the hell am I? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like the, uh, in, in Florida, the, um, the iguanas. Yeah, yeah, um, falling know, out of the trees. Yeah, they, they, they don't move, and uh, they end up um, flopping all over the place. So they're, they're, so they're coming to us when they, when they come... Out of the coma, uh, ones that do survive, they should be, we're looking at some right now, they they should be okay, they say? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, some of them won't make it, but uh. yeah, some, but they're, uh, they're hoping they're going to be okay. The turtles are a, a, a fiercely protected uh, oh, yeah. species. Absolutely. In in Hawaii, you know, they're, they're around and they, they warn you very clearly, do not touch the turtles. Don't they, F with the turtles. They come, I mean, because you can approach them, they're very docile. And but but if you touch them and somebody sees them, they report you as like a two thousand dollar fine. It's mm. it's ridiculous. Well, they, they have. I, I think the efforts have paid off. I mean, years and years. We're talking decades ago. Their herds of turtles would thunder across the plain. <laughs> but but it's you see the dust clouds yeah, coming yeah. up and everything. And wow, here they come! Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's cover. amazing. Well, so. uh, but anyhow, they're they're turtle. They're in little turtle coma right now. There they go. Ah, the great turtles across the plains. Running like a maniac. Yep. All right. 
Uh-huh. Uh, that's all we have time for in the junk drawer. And we'll get to it another time, friends. But we do need to take a break because we have some guests that are going to be joining us. And we need to get to the bizarre file as well. Uh, so we're going to have Derek Pitts from the Franklin Institute, chief astronomer, to talk about Perseverance landing on Mars yesterday. Ryan Niemiller is performing at Helium Comedy Club. We'll spend some time with him. And, yes, we will get into the Carson Wentz story with Anthony Gargano of our sister station, 97.5 The Fanatics. Yeah. we got a lot coming up. We'll be right back. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's band is Stereo League. I'll be in the bright light spinning around to those summer night sounds. Stereo League, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Before we do the Bizarre Fall, can I do two personal things yes. real quick here? And I apologize because I don't want to make this all about me, but... These aren't charts, right? I don't. No, they're not charts. No, no, no. I just, uh, I, I did my first... I've, I haven't done a drum video, drum cover video in a long time. And uh, I did one and, and posted it yesterday. Okay. Nice. And it's uh, The Spirit of Radio from Rush. Ah. So I play that. So that's on com. if you want to you see the cover. And there were a couple of, of parts of that song that for years had eluded me to... Cause when you play Rush, you need to play it exactly as it is if you're a drummer. And so I finally nailed it. Nailed it. And so I have the video. If you if you would like to see that, if you're a Rush fan or just like drum videos, you can check that out now. And then, this is a bit of an announcement. And this is real quick. And the only reason I'm bringing this up now is we have guests for the rest of the show. And we may not have a chance to mention this. But I do not take this statement. I do not make this statement lightly. <laughs> I believe... That I have tasted the greatest ice cream flavor ever <laughs> in my life. Whoa. Now, this is from just from personal. Wow. This is personal. I, I, when you did guys this happen? Me, I'm an ice cream guy, and right? You're, but yeah. you're sort of like a plain ice cream guy. You like Not vanilla, plain. chocolate. I don't, I don't like, you know. Kathy's saying you're boring. I don't no, like, no, no. like no. chunks of things no, and me neither. stuff like that. Um, but this... <laughs> took me by surprise, and mind you, I'm on a. I'm watching what I'm eating right now. You're watching it go into your mouth. <laughs> no, so anything tastes good. <laughs> so Rochelle had bought a couple of of pints of ice cream, and she's like, "Here, I got this for you." And I'm like, "Great," you know. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll try a taste of it." And it was like it was like in Ratatouille when he tastes <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the end of the movie, right, yeah. and it's just like this flood of emotions came in. It's Hagen Dazs Spirits line. Bourbon vanilla bean truffle no ice cream. No wonder why you like it. it has bourbon in it. I, and listen, I thought it was just like a gimmick, and Rochelle was getting it for me just because it said bourbon, which she probably did. But what she didn't realize is this is the greatest flavor of ice cream that has ever touched my lips. And I don't, you know, Casey. I know. Listen, I wouldn't say that. You don't just put stuff on your lips. No. Uh, listen, we all like to eat, right? We have to to live. Um, <laughs> Preston, on the other hand, I watch him. And like he from across the street savors it. I do well. Sometimes I have to because of the restraining order. But yeah, the, oh, yeah um, everything he eats. Don't you remember? I observed that with your sandwich yeah. every mm-hmm. week in our meeting. The Cat- way you eat is like you are really enjoying. It. Sometimes he closes his <laughs> eyes so he can specifically just hone in on on the yeah. sensations in his mouth. So 
this is this is everything I've ever wanted in an ice cream. <laughs> and I was telling Rochelle this last night, and I was speaking as if I had fallen in love with someone. Yeah. And she was laughing, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, I'm standing. I didn't even make it. You don't understand. I didn't even make it like three feet from the drawer where I got the, the, the spoon to eat the ice cream. I'm just standing there like I couldn't even move. I'm you like, were swooning. So wow. good. It's only 340 calories a pint, which is not <laughs> No, 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 no. Not a pint, Steve. A <laughs> Three quarters of a cup is, is how much a serving to? is. <laughs> Three quarters of a cup, 340 calories. Okay, hang on a second. So it's through the roof. It's ridiculously over-the-top decadent as far as the calories go. How many servings in that pint? Uh, I'd say three, maybe? maybe three. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. like a thousand calories a pint. Yep, so all you it. have to do is maybe go for like a 30 to 40 mile bike ride and you have earned that entire pint. It's unbelievable. Mm. It, I've, <laughs> I've never tasted anything like it. And if you do like bourbon, yes, you will love this. But the bourbon is not like you don't taste it and go oh, like there's a yeah. burn in your mouth <gasps> or something like that. It's a wonderful flavor. And I just want to share that with ice cream fans. And and I listen. I don't make any money. I, I, no. I'm not. This is You're not, not a an paid endorsement for Hagen Dazs. No, you. I don't yeah. get paid for that. But you wouldn't I mind. I would gladly <laughs> get paid for that if they yeah. wanted me to endorse it. Because I'm telling you, it's the greatest ice cream I've ever had. Do wow. they have other uh, other ice creams that are uh, alcohol based or if it's well? Yeah. Or, it says here they have a spirits line. So yeah, but I mean, like rum raisin uh, is is right. has yeah. a rum flavor in it. So yeah, like, yeah and stuff raisin. like that. Yeah, Isn't there like you like raisins? There's a Guinness one. I've seen beer. Based ones and uh, oh, yeah, yeah that's Yingling, right. uh, Kahlua, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of I've seen over the years, yeah. I think they yeah. have Bankers Club boiling gin, <laughs> that sounds good, yeah. Wow, it's <laughs> Bankers, Bankers Club, I like pop off, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some good pop stuff, off, pop off pistachio, <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, anyhow, I'm sorry, I just I had to no, share that. Well, no, I, I want I, other people listen to enjoy. It's the weekend, and people might be looking for a little treat, exactly. Uh, they might have earned it with all the shoveling they've done. Mm. Can I so. just jump in here for a second here, Preston? Because sure. I, I didn't notice this before, and I follow you. I've fallen in love with the suppository. <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. There is a token that you <laughs> took a picture of the other day. What is that? That was Rochelle gave me that for Valentine's. Really? Yeah, she just gave the me... token, or did you get to cash it in? I haven't cashed it in yet. Okay, uh, but it's a BJ token. Oh, there you go. And actually, it's a really it's a heavy coin it's like quality oh and that's I, nice i laughed my ass <laughs> off i i thought it was the greatest valentine's day gift i've ever gotten and uh and i am d indeed going to use that yes now uh, you'll receive right correct okay. yes i don't oh. have to you're not a blind. you're not gonna give it to me right you're not coming over <laughs> nope i just wanted to be clear on that because certainly that then that's extra awesome yeah, that seems like an obligation yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, was, uh, does she have any extras? Uh, not for oh you. My God. <laughs> no, that was weird. But uh, uh, it's it's a great gift. So I love my wife, and that was a wonderful thing. <laughs> okay. And by the way, so if you want to see all that, if you want, if you want to uh, grab grab yourself a BJ token, <laughs> a pint of ice cream, and watch my new drum video. Watch my uh, uh, spirits uh, spirit of radio video. Spirits right. ice cream and spirits of the radio Perfect. made to go together. Let's do the bizarre five. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by uh, your confidence, your local confidence plus service center. When your car needs service, head to your local confidence plus service center for trained, experienced technicians, national warranty, covering parts and labor, info and locations at myconfidenceplus.com. Police in Florida say they responded to a home in Naples 
after getting a 911 uh, call hang-up, they found the home belonged to a woman named Joanna Zelinsky and that she shares it with her sister. Well, the sister told police that they were drinking together when at some point she got tired, but Zelinsky wanted to stay up drinking. She then reports Zelinsky went crazy and attacked her with an EpiPen. An EpiPen? Stabbing her multiple times, including on her left thigh where a welt had formed. When asked about the incident, Zelinsky told police... I'm allergic to drunk, so I injected her with the EpiPen so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. What's the big deal? First responders on the scene say that the victim wasn't actually injected with any of the medication during the incident. Uh, that would be an issue, would it not? I pro- would, maybe. would it? If you weren't a I'm not sure. patient using it and you got injected with an EpiPen, what would yeah. be... Was it histamine that's in there or something Usually, like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the EpiPen was actually prescribed to Zelensky. Uh, she was arrested on battery, a domestic violence charge as well. A bear injured a woman's ass yeah. while she was using an outhouse last week on a backcountry trip. Mm, this one's got chocolate inside. Oh, Jesus God. <laughs> Shannon Stevens uh, was at uh, Shilkat Lake, and now and they were staying on what's called a yurt. In yes. A yurt. I don't know a what yurt. a yurt is. Yeah. What's yeah. a yurt? A tent, basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the weekend with her brother Eric and his girlfriend. Well, after it's like Yurt and Ernie. After the free, no, it's Yurt and Ernie. Er- Yurt. <laughs> <Yurney. laughs> uh, after the three made sausages for dinner over an open fire Saturday evening, Shannon went to use the outhouse. She said, "Normally, when we're out there in the summer, on the fall, in the fall, I'm used to, uh, or the fall, I'm used to shouting, hey, bear, the whole way.' Uh, but it was a dead of winter, so I didn't think to do that this time." And I got in there and sat down on the toilet seat, and something immediately bit me on my butt. I jumped up and screamed. Eric rushed to the outhouse to investigate. He lifted the toilet seat's lid, and right at the level of the toilet seat, maybe an inch or two below, was a gigantic bear face looking right back up me. It was inside it. Okay, so I I, I saw this story, Preston, and I, I, I thought that would have to be the only way. But how would a bear get in there? I don't know. The two ran back to the yurt. Oh, my God. I just had the best ass I've ever tasted. <laughs> and cleaned Shannon Stevens' wound. Uh, it which, tasted like bourbon. Which she described as a single puncture. Uh, she wow. Said she ultimately, She's very lucky. She wasn't sure if her injury was a bite or a claw mark. Uh, the three met, uh, spent the night at the yurt and found tracks the next morning near the outhouse. Uh, Alaska Department of Fish and Game investigated the incident, and after looking at photos of tracks... And taking into account other reports of bear activity in the area, uh, they said they believe the culprit was a black bear. So, mm. Yes, sir. Bit me directly in the butt top. <laughs> I believe our friend Tim Graham stayed in a nice yurt. He did, and I think it was Yellowstone. Yellowstone, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yurt crazy. A lot of the restaurants are using them for outdoor dining. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's also a good crossword puzzle clue. Yurt. 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 Uh, a home invasion Monday turned deadly after an elderly couple fought off the suspect. 82-year-old Herbert Parrish and his 79-year-old wife, Lois, uh, said that it was a normal Monday for them when they heard a knock at the back door around 2 in the afternoon. Lois said, I opened the door, and he said he was looking for his little white chihuahua and wanted to know if I saw it, and I told him, no, I didn't. That's when the situation became violent. Lois said that she was closing the door. The man, who who has now been identified as 61-year-old Harold Runnels, pushed his way inside. According to a police report, Runnels pulled out a large knife and began attacking... Mrs. Parrish. Ah. Well, Herbert said, I felt that we were gone. I thought he was going to kill us and take what he can take. No, no, you don't. 
And that's when, listen to what he did. So the Vietnam veteran decided to fight back. He said he was not going to get out that door and, and leave us alive. And that's what the way I felt. That's why I said I got to do something quick and get the edge on him. Herbert was able to act quickly. He grabbed a hold of a shotgun that was hanging nice. on the wall by the door. He didn't shoot him, though. So Paris said he then hit the intruder with the barrel of the firearm Whoa. until Runnels was unconscious. He said, I started hitting him in the head with the barrel, and I know I must have hit him at least ten times right in the face, oh just as hard as I could hit him. You clocked someone with a shotgun? Dude, he beat him to death. Whoa. Wow. Runnels died at the University Medical Center later Monday night from the injuries he sustained during the attack. Uh, both Herbert and Lois were uninjured in the intrusion. I mean, he was just fighting back. It was a home intruder with a knife. Yes. Uh, both were expected to fully recover, but wow, man. Mm. I'm going to do one more story. Tr- turned in their BJ coin that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're now. getting it all right. You deserve it for protecting me. And then we'll do one more, and we will uh, wrap. A couple say that a man who broke into their home on Monday made himself comfortable. He even took a bath. Uh, and I just couple, have to say, your place is so comfortable. The couple had arrived home from a weekend away and found a strange car in their garage. Deputies say 34-year-old Sean uh, Schoonmaker of Norway was found inside. The couple say he, he took a candlelit bath, in, Steve, in their walk-in tub. Oh, I love hey, the walk-in boys, tub. I'm to be in one of those. And they made us some snickerdoodles. And he ate their food and rearranged items in their home as well. I just want to use a walk-in tub once. It, it looks cool. A tub that you could sit up in and close the door is very cool. Shoemaker was arrested and charged with burglary, theft, and violation of a protection well, from abuse order. As far as thieves go, at least there was no damn. At least he wasn't yeah. trying to knife them like the other guy. He rearranged the furniture. Yeah. All right, and there Oof. you go. That's what I'm The walk-in tub, though, you have to get in and then fill it, right? Yes. Yeah. You, I would, th- you can't I would keep think opening so. and closing the doors. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Unless you unless you <laughs> do the, the Dukes of Hazard yeah. and hop over the door. And what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's even gotta, harder. I would imagine though it starts off cold at your feet, and yeah. by the time it gets up to your ankles, maybe it'll be a warm case. So if that's your concern, just or just there. waiting, just waiting is yeah. the part that I'm. I don't know. The waiting the is always part. the hardest part. <laughs> it is yeah. the hardest. It's the hardest part. part. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, Mr. Derek Pitts, our buddy, chief astronomer at the Franklin Institute, on to talk about the historic uh, landing of Perseverance on Mars. It is historic. Yeah. Wait till you hear about the stuff that's going to be happening. On the Angry Red Planet. And he's our uh, first of several guests this morning. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order now and receive free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Did you know you can earn rewards just by shopping at Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your reward points for discounts on gas at participating Exxon mobile stations or for free groceries. Plus, get personalized deals and digital coupons that are just for you. Download the Acme app or visit acmemarkets.com to sign up and save. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. And the official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
Yesterday was a big day in the world of space exploration. Uh, the Perseverance rover landed on Mars. Pretty exciting. I watched it live. Yeah. Uh, waiting to see if, if you know, and, and I especially... They'd be greeted by Martians. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I was just thinking about all the engineers that have spent all the time, years and years, on, on each one of these projects, and they're waiting, you know. I mean, they're, they're just digging their nails into their skin, just praying that it all goes properly. I mean, the amount of money, the oh. amount of things, and we're going to talk to our next guest about some of the, the, the variables on it, but, but I mean, yeah, okay, so there's been probes before, but there ain't never been a probe like this one. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we are happy to welcome as our expert to speak on this subject. A uh, guy who's been on the show many, many times, chief astronomer at the Franklin Institute. Let's hear it for Mr. Derek Pitts yeah. this morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Derek. How are you today, sir? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're doing wonderful. Did you uh were you watching the um uh the live coverage of this yesterday? kidding that's when judge judy was on <laughs> yeah, no, i understand and she could be so pithy no <laughs> no you bet i watched it i watched it well i've been watching all morning long actually yeah. and uh you know had been keeping track of everything that had been going on since the mission launched last july so i was really really excited to see how the landing was going to go yesterday mm-hmm. so three uh 295 million uh, miles uh, it is yeah. the size of a of a of a of a vehicle, like a car, correct? Yes, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's got. Now, I was reading some of the the specs on it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it actually has pyrotechnics on it that are going to sort of blow the lens caps off the cameras that are on board. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Once it gets down on the surface, one of the things that you know it has to prep itself for operation on the surface. Right during the during the cruise. You know, it was pretty well protected as it was coming through space from Earth to Mars. But once it gets into the landing cycle and it starts to head down to the surface of Mars, one of the things that that happened yesterday was the sky crane um, component, rocket component that lowered it to the surface, that kicks up a lot of dust. So they had to have dust caps covering all of the cameras. And there are 25 cameras on board this rover. So they don't want to have any of those camera lenses covered in dust. So they keep them covered. Once it lands on the surface, one of the first things they do is use the pyrotechnics to blow the covers off the lenses so they can start to look around. That's so effing cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. One of the things I'm amazed at, uh, Derek, is, you know, as, as the most exciting part, you know, the, 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 the trip there is, is pretty uneventful as it, as it just uses its, you know, momentum to, to get to Mars with corrections yeah. along the way. Uh, right. But as it enters that atmosphere, I'm blown away by the velocity, the speeds that we're talking about, because at its height, I think it was going over five kilometers per second, per second. Yep. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a couple of miles in one second. Yeah. And at watching the how quickly it decelerates as it enters into the atmosphere, it was blowing my mind how, how pieces of machinery can handle that type of stress, you know? Yeah, this is an amazing thing that I think a lot of our audience doesn't really quite understand because they haven't been given the details about this stuff. No. But just let me, I'll translate that for just a second. You know, first the spacecraft was traveling at 47,000 miles per hour. That's uh, the second fastest spacecraft speed ever. Okay, so that's one thing. Then the next thing is it hits the atmosphere at 13,000 miles per hour. So it's already slowed down some. And then what has to happen is, as it comes into the atmosphere, it has to throw out a parachute 
that's going to be able to stop it from 13,000 miles down to 1,000 miles an hour. How about that? And the parachute cannot rip. It cannot tear. It can't, you know, come apart from the spacecraft at all. Otherwise, the mission is done. There's no parachute on Earth. There you go. That can do that kind of thing. So this is, and this is all happening while the people who are really holding sway and control over, over it are 300 million miles away. And to, not only 300, not only, well, not 300 million miles away. We're not that far away from Mars. I mean, not 300 million miles, yeah. Right, it was a circuitous right, yeah, yeah. spacecraft to get there, but on the average, like 50 million miles. But right. here's the real catch on this. They have to watch and hope that all this stuff happens automatically because we're so far away. It takes 11 and a half minutes for a signal to get there. There's no way that we can send a signal to correct anything that went wrong. Right. So we're essentially in the dark during that period while the spacecraft is landing on the surface. And there's nothing we can do right. except hope that everything happens perfectly automatically. So it has the most cameras of any um, a probe. Uh, uh, we're, we're talking uh, cameras that are light years, uh, uh, you know, in com- ahead of the cameras that were on other, uh, you know, that have ever been sent out that are uh, capable yeah. of so much. This is a, a mobile obviously, um, a piece of equipment. And it also, correct me if I'm wrong, has a built-in sort of drone component that will launch and fly from it. Yeah, for the first time, what's going to happen is that the rover is going to deploy a helicopter. And this helicopter is going to be a test, really. It's not really meant to do a whole lot of science. It'll have a couple of cameras on board so we can see what it sees as it's flying around Mars. But this is the first time we've ever actually tried to fly another craft on another planet. Wow. I, that's mean, unbelievable. I mean, that's incredible. So, uh, and we, so I assume, obviously, there, for example, an aircraft, a helicopter can't go above a certain altitude here on the United, on Earth. Um, and they, so is there any particular um, modifications they had to make because of the Martian atmosphere, do you know? Or what, what does this thing look like? Oh, of course they had to make modifications for this thing because what they had to do was design the the rotor wings so that they would be able to gain enough lift out of what Martian atmosphere there is to be able to fly a payload around. So you have to think of this in reverse. And, the, and they start out first with, what will the atmosphere allow us to do? How big a payload can we fly? And how big must the wings be in order to generate the lift we need to carry what the atmosphere will allow us yeah. to carry? Wow. Right? So you have to back into it that way. Derek, how many... And with an, and with oh. an atmosphere that's like one one-thousandth of Earth's atmosphere... You're really hard-pressed to get any lift, so it is an engineering feat for sure if this will work. How many um, vehicles and and rovers have made it to Mars successfully now at this point, and and is this one by far the most ambitious? Oh, there's no question. This is the largest one that's ever been sent to another planet on, on Mars to rove around the surface. There's no question about that. This is the fifth in a series of rovers that we put down on the surface of Mars successfully, and that's really worth noting because, you know, our Russian counterparts have attempted, I think the number is 16 times, 17 times, to send something to Mars. And of those 17 times, only one has actually made it down to the surface. And then it only lasted for over a minute, and a, a little over a minute and a half. Wow. So so yeah. right now, now I know uh, China has, has one. Is it en route or has it? 
Uh, what's its status? Both China and the United Arab Emirates have put orbiters into orbit around Mars. So right. that's, a, that's a real accomplishment also. Just to get an orbiter out to Mars is a real accomplishment. Now, they're not doing anywhere near the kind of scientific work that this rover and its pre- predecessor rovers have done on the surface of Mars. But you can certainly collect a tremendous amount of information just looking down onto the planet. Sure. Derek, so, do, th- do these administrations uh, share information with each other about what they're learning? The scientific community does, yes. The science community has been sharing information about space exploration and astronomy, astronomical research, you know, for decades. And that's because so many of the teams that work on these projects are international teams. Are they sharing any, like, real details about the equipment that's being used? No, we're not sharing technology no. with the no. Chinese. No. Yeah, that's yeah. not happening. Nah. But, when we talk, <laughs> but, when we, but when we talk about analyzing the results of soil analysis and things like that, yeah, there's probably no doubt there are probably, you know, th- these are international teams that are working to figure out, you know, what the soils are like and what the rocks are like and what the early history of the planet was like. So so the lab on the uh, on its predecessor, on Percy's predecessor, as it goes by, um, you know, was able to determine things and then send that information back. Uh, Percy, Perseverance will, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea is it will collect samples that will, the plan is to then have those samples prepped and ready for pickup and return to Earth. I think that's one of the biggest highlights about this mission is for the first time, we're actually going to collect samples and, as you say, prepare them to be brought back to Earth for more in-depth study. Now, uh, don't hold your breath. Okay. It's, it's going to be a decade before we actually get those samples back to Earth and two more missions to the surface in order to accomplish this. But if that does happen, that will be an enormous step forward because it's uh, the first time we've ever brought material back from Mars intentionally. You know, there are Mars, uh, there are Mars meteorites here on Earth. Yes, yeah. But I yeah, mean, I mean yeah, the, the fact that this is happening the way it is, and, and honestly, the, the big thing, and I think what makes this so interesting and fascinating on so many levels, is that, you know, you, uh, we, we talk about the distance, the 300-mile, the 300-million-mile uh, round trip and so on and so forth and, and, the, and the time. And, but it, this is the stuff of, of, of science fiction since science fiction began. Mars has always been that, that planet, that object, that, 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 that most desirable location. And this is all sort of laying the groundwork, I have to assume, in, a, in an accelerated fashion for a, 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 a man landing on, on Mars. This is a lot of well, this is going to glean information that will be absolutely tangential to that, correct? Well, well, check this out. One of the experiments, one of the objectives of this rover on the surface is to run a test of how much oxygen it can pull out of the Martian atmosphere hmm. so we can figure out whether or not we can use any of the atmosphere components to produce oxygen and to produce other components that we might be able to use for rocket fuel, et cetera, like that, wow. so that we can we can build manufacturing uh, equipment that can autonomously sit on the surface of Mars, create oxygen, and then store that oxygen so that when astronauts finally get there, there'll be a concentrated oxygen supply waiting, and then that way they don't have to carry oxygen out to Mars. Wow. Man, I was watching. Yeah, how about that? I was watching yesterday, and and to see the excitement happening at JPL when when it landed, it was just, it was palpable. It was really cool to see the celebration. And the thought occurred to me that, 
um, these people really are laying the groundwork of, for what's going to happen over the next 20, 50, 100 years. Where do you think we'll be in in that time frame? You know, it, will there be colonies on, on the moon first and then Mars? How do you see the progression happening? So I see two tracks that are happening here. One track is, you know, the work that NASA has been doing for the you know last 60, 70 years of exploring the solar system. That's all going really well. And this is another piece of that that's going to extend further into the future. And what I mean by that is we're going to continue to chase the water on Mars to figure out whether or not there was Ma- there was life, there ever was life on Mars in its distant past, okay? And maybe the possibility that there's still some microbial life on Mars. So that's going to continue, and that's going to include building research bases on the moon where astronauts can train, get their skills together so that they can go on to a successful mission on Mars. So the moon's going to be a critical piece of that. So the moon first, then Mars. But the other thing that's happening on the sidetrack is that, you know, Elon Musk with the SpaceX company is determined to provide a way to get larger payloads out to the moon and out to Mars. And Even if he doesn't actually get to Mars, the technology drivers that come out of that are going to bleed over into the NASA system and help to accomplish that eventual, you know, landing of humans on Mars. It's it's an amazing thing when you stop and think about all. So, for example, the the, the race to put a man on the moon when President Kennedy gave this this. Send people into into aneurysms at you know NASA you know with within ten years and and but the the amount of invention and the amount of you know these a uh, you know the the necessity of it all created all these things we use things on a daily basis that were generated out of that first push to the moon it's amazing to think what will be generated in all of the work to for example to put this equipment on Mars and to colonize Mars and how that will end up in the long run benefiting us back here on Earth. Well, wait a minute. Now, I hope everybody realizes, well, maybe you don't realize, but, you know, the radar systems that are used on these spacecraft to detect distance and things like that, they're now incorporated into our automobiles as, you know, these mm-hmm. forward and rear hazard avoidance systems, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are now becoming standard equipment. So there's no way that either we can escape a connection to the space program. And in every way, technologies from the space program are working their way into our lives as, you know, an integral part of everything we do every day. And we simply can't ignore that. It's it's all right there in front of us. I have to ask you, because I watched a documentary. There's an artist I've always been a fan of. Chesley Bonostall is the guy's name. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. and I just love he, he is. Uh, Science fiction books and 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 paintings of the universe for people who don't know. Obviously, you know Derek. Uh, I, I've always wondered how many times do people, you know, at NASA, you know, is there a book or a science fiction movie that they loved that it sort of sticks in the back of their mind and they think, boy, I'd really like to build something that was like that. And what which which comes first? A lot of times in this case, is it is is what they know fueling the science fiction, or how, how do you think it works more often than not? What, in other words, how much was Jules Verne and H.G. E. Wells responsible for for a lot of for what we see now? Because it's an interesting relationship. You wonder which is which is causing the reaction more. That's 
a really great question, and it's one that I've been sort of investigating for decades because you have to wonder which comes first. Does the technology come first or does the fantasy come mm. first? And, you know, in a lot of instances, the fantasy has driven the development of the technology, and then what happens is a necessity for some technology drives the development of a technology, and then you have this sort of you know, this effect where the two things work together, where the developing technology then sparks an idea for fantasy that then goes back into a technology. And so we see these things mixing back and forth all the time. Yeah. I think within NASA, you find people with, with you know, very different and a wide variety of, um, you know, stimuli that have pushed the development of these technologies and the idea for exploring the universe. But basically, you know, both of these things come down to both the technology development and the actual exploration and the fantasy. It all comes down to human curiosity. Yeah. It's, it's all about our curiosity to want to know about this universe we live in. Uh, and speaking of curiosity, I'm really curious to see. We had, we had talked about the cameras on uh, Perseverance, and, and they had said yesterday after the landing that we got the initial uh, shots back, and they were from a fairly basic mm-hmm. camera that is used for uh, specifics oh, yeah. on, on looking at the equipment. Um, but they said they are going to have some more high-res photos coming within the next couple of days. Do they plan on, on uh, releasing uh, those uh, anytime soon and with any frequency? Oh, my gosh, yes. They are anxious to uh, make those pictures available to anyone who wants to see them through the NASA Mars 2020 Mission uh, Perseverance rover website. If you just go online and search for uh, Mars 2020 Perseverance, you'll come to the NASA website, and you'll be able to find under their multimedia tabs, you know, all the images that are, are being sent back. And the one of the most interesting thing, uh, uh, things about these images is that, NASA makes every image, every one of them, available to the general public. All you have to do is go to their website and dig for them, and you can find them. And when I say makes every one of them available, I mean not just the beauty shots, you know, the ones that we see on the website that are really beautiful and pretty and color-corrected and all that kind of stuff. They make all the raw images available also. So you can literally find hundreds of thousands of images of Mars available through NASA. And since we are taxpaying citizens of the United States, <laughs> yeah. those those images belong to us. I love it. So uh, Yeah, I want those damn pictures. Yeah. <laughs> also, Derek, uh, I understand there are there are microphones and they're gonna be getting um, audio files uh, from there as well. Uh, oh yeah, right. They wanna they wanna know what Mars sounds like. Yeah. They right. know what sounds Mars sounds like. So you know the idea is that if once they get the rover down on the ground, they can't actually get pictures of the Martians because they keep hiding around. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. They figure with a microphone they can hear what's going on on right. Mars. Now, because of the atmosphere on Mars, you you'd have to be like you, you have to be closer to things to hear them. Correct? You you're right. Yeah. The atmosphere is so thin. There's hardly any medium there could to conduct sound waves. Right. So you either have to be closer. Or the detectors have to be much, much, much larger. Okay. okay. 
It's it's fascinating. It's it's amazing feats of engineering and science, and uh, it's just getting started. There's going to be a lot of information. Going oh on, yeah, so. the mission goes on for the next two years, and we're going to learn a tremendous amount. So everybody can follow really easily uh, of what's happening. You can follow every day what's happening with the Perseverance rover on Mars. Excellent. Love it, and and we we fully intend on exploiting our friendship with you, <laughs> so we can have conversations like this and and learn Let's more. Let's do about it. it. Yeah, excellent. Let's do it. Derek, you're the best. Thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it, man. All right, Derek Pitts of the Franklin Institute. Now, besides space, they always have these great exhibits at the Franklin Institute, which run the gamut of all different kinds of things. Right now, they actually had this Crayola Idea Works, the creativity exhibition that's going on. I remember reading about this when they were getting set up for this. They were doing some really big uh, works of art with the, the crayons, and... Uh, it looks really cool, and guess what? We've got some family four-packs to give away. This is the current Ooh. exhibition that is running at the Franklin Institute. My friend just went. She said it was better than she thought it was going to be. No kidding. Yeah, she said it was really good. Awesome. Uh, well, we will take callers 12 and 13 and each get a family four-pack for the Franklin Institute. 215-263-WMMR. By the way, their website is fi.edu. If you want to check that out, I could man Derek Pitts. We could have him on every week, and I'm so great. He's so great at at uh, at sharing the information. It's the best. I, Kathy could not even talk during that because she was crying. I know. <laughs> I know. At just the revelations. Yeah, she just gets so excited. But it, it's. I mean, think about this things. thing. The the footage when you first saw pictures from Mars, Preston. You remember we talk. I remember talking about it on the show years ago, yeah. and how it was like. You know, and we pointed out that looks, it looked like Arizona, Yeah, you know, on a sunny day, but that was freaking Mars. Yeah, it's yeah. really there. Uh, Derek hosts this thing uh, called the Night Skies, and he does it uh, at least once a month, but um, he's just, he's so knowledgeable, but he's just a really good teacher. You know, he'll, he'll speak to you in a way that uh, idiots like us can understand, and it's just, um, you never walk away from a conversation with him without having learned something. Uh, so thank you, Derek, for being on. And by the way, the uh, Crayola Idea Works is uh, for all ages, particularly those uh, 6 to 12. And uh, their goal is to empower everyone to find their unique creativity. Like um, us. Uh, just like us. And uh, it opened on Saturday, and uh, it's going great guns. So we're going to set you up with those passes. We're going to take a break. We have uh, comedian Ryan Niemiller who's going to be joining us. And also we're going to talk to uh, Anthony Gargano of our sister station, 97.5 The Fanatic, about the Carson Wentz trade yesterday. Yes. So a few things coming up. Uh, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong's birthday is February 17th. Don't wanna be an American, so this weekend, MMR is pulling out all the stops to celebrate. Hear hourly blocks of Green Day, the hits, deep tracks, solo material, and side projects. At WMMR.com, register to win a Green Day autographed guitar. Plus, listen for your chance to win free Green Day music on vinyl. Happy birthday, Billy Joe. We got you a bunch of royalty checks from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, so uh, our next guest is going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club, and uh, we'll be there tonight and tomorrow night. There are two shows each night. You can go to heliumcomedy.com to get some tickets. Please welcome Ryan Niemiller. Yeah. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. First, I want to make sure I said your last name correctly. Niemiller? Yeah, you nailed it. The body parts of beer. <laughs> yeah, very good. There I we like go. That. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, hey, uh, so did you uh, did you perform last night? 
Um, I did not. Okay. So um, because of the weather, the show ended up being canceled. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm glad because it was one of the worst travel days I've had in my 14-year uh, career. I was uh, <laughs> seeing was, on, uh, on Instagram you were, you were recounting that. Please do tell. Uh, yes. So got up at, uh, at 4.20 uh, L.A. time yesterday morning. Uh, and then flew to Chicago, and then the flight was canceled. And then we had to get another flight at the uh, other airport, so I flew into Midway. And then we had to rush across town to O'Hare to get a different airline to get over here. Um, I, I, so we got into the hotel about the crack of 1 a.m. Oh, man. So it was, um, again, there's been worse travel days than that. I made it, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't sleep at the airport now. So that's good. No, yeah, that's was, good. Uh, yeah, Ryan, being, being a comedian, you know, traveling is it's part of the gig. It's what you do. And are you able to, um, uh, to pivot? Uh, when you need to, if there's a problem, and and figure it out, because I'm I'm like I, I get frustrated at the drop of a hat when it comes to travel snafus. Oh, that's where the improv skills come in, right there. So yeah. uh, the travel deal was like dealing with a heckler who didn't want you to get to Philadelphia. Mm. <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, the, the only difference with it now is because just because of everything that's kind of going on in the world, we haven't got to travel nearly as much as we used to. So I'm a little out of practice, so it even felt even that much more overwhelming when you haven't got to fly in a few months. Well, yeah, yeah, it is it is weird. So my, my wife is, is going on, uh, you know, a, a, a trip in a little while, and, and a lot of people are saying that actually now uh, it's safer than it's ever been, that we're kind of flying in, in sort of airborne germ pits that were, uh, you know, they, they, they could have been doing this all along with, like, you know, the s- safety as far as air exchange and the planes and so on and so forth at airports and doing weird little things like cleaning things now and then. Uh, but it, it's actually a, a better time. It's just, you know, getting people up and running and getting those jobs back. So uh, exactly. it's hard not to be a little paranoid, though, just because of the nature of how, like, like intellectually, I know you're right. It is safer. Yeah. But it's still one of those situations like nowadays, if you hear someone cough. Oh yeah! Gunshot. Oh yeah! No, we were we were just talking about it, Ryan. At the beginning of all this, I I took one of those um, like uh, breath strips, you know, like a peppermint breath strip, and I was oh, in the yeah. office, and I and I quickly sneezed, and I I, I yelled, <laughs> I, I yelled out, "It was a breath strip!" <laughs> just because people, you know, people's reaction. Yeah, you immediately justify. It was the cheese steak. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ryan. You know we haven't had a chance to meet you in person yet, and uh, reading about you, it you know it says here that you, you like to make people feel comfortable and laugh about uncomfortable things, such as your disability. For those who aren't familiar with Ryan Neemiller, what is your disability? Um, I don't know exactly what the technical term for it is. I believe it's called being very handsome. Oh, wow. I I only wish I had that disability. (laughs) But you're overwhelmingly good looking. People can't handle it. (laughs) You bill yourself as the cripple threat of comedy, right? Yeah. All right. And and so, actually. You, we, we, there's a gentleman who is a listener of the show. And what, Casey, what, we always know him as special. Ed. Yeah, Bill. Billy. Bill. Yeah, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, he Boy. basically has the same sort of situation that you have with your appendages, with your arms. Exactly. Yeah. So I was born, uh, I, I got really lucky in the comedy pool when I was born. So I only have five fingers total. So from the elbow down, it gets a little interesting on both my arms. I, I will tell you what, what, what Billy did and he was, we, he come out to all the events. He had ways of holding beers and stuff like that. Use rubber but, bands, but mm-hmm. with rubber bands. But what we did discover at one of our events at a, a club risque here in Philadelphia, 
He has massive junk. Yeah, he's got a huge penis. Yeah. <laughs> that was, are you well, well, cursed? The Lord, the Lord taketh away and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and with that, with, with having a disability, but, uh, but of the arms and, and going back to the traveling thing, does that, uh, does that allow you some, uh, uh, some conveniences? Oh, I mean, you, you learn early on, like, the way to survive is uh, with a disability like this, you can get anyone to do anything for you whenever you want. So the traveling's easy. If I, if I just don't even want to deal with a suitcase, just those puppy dog eyes. And then <laughs> that does it. Very nice. Very empowering, I said. Well, it, it, it's, it's listen, it's take, take advantage of it. But I, I think at this point, though, with everything, and I, I'd wonder if, if all that, all that you know, um, uh, ability you would have just goes out the window because like, the airlines are so, as we talked about, traveling has become such a different animal. Do you even get that latitude anymore? Oh, I mean, I usually do. I have found during this situation, and just generally speaking, if someone with a disability doesn't ask for help, they people don't go out of their way to do it usually. Right. Um, I think with just the nature of what this pandemic is, people keep their distance unless they're, like, you know, contractually obligated. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yes, of course. You know, I got to say, like, so normally I am, I I want to help people, right? And and, and, just in general. In a non-pandemic time, like, there, there are, and... And I'm I'm reluctant to do it more now because obviously you want to give everybody their distance and everybody kind of and you don't know who wants their distance right. you know, who who wants uh, you know their privacy or whatever so so this is has been difficult for me because you know even like people on the side of the road like man I you know I I would love to give that person a lift because they're you know walking in ice or whatever it's like I can't put somebody in my car or I can't you know right so it's just a, a weird situation I did help that nun with the club foot though Steve and that was that was <laughs> he going did to... he helped a nun with a club foot so he's 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 got his grade yeah we we talked about that at the meeting when yeah. we all did that. <laughs> I just want to thank you right for, uh, because for, for, for being such a great over the top good guy uh, <laughs> hey Ryan I wanted to bring something up to you uh, that that came to my attention last night our video director nick murphy is here right now and you're a huge fan of his um youtube series called the continue show are you not i am what's up nick i didn't realize nick was a part of this yeah nick and i kind of became uh, internet buddies over the last year or so oh no kidding yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I, I, it's clear you're a gamer. Just your social media. You had you bought you got the new Xbox system, right? Yeah. And yes, so and Nick Mer- I, I'm a collector, so that's what I do when I'm on the road. So I have probably 28 consoles and over 3,000 games at this point. Jesus, whoa, yeah. dude, you're hardcore. Yeah, I mean, we were just having a conversation earlier about uh, games that are entering the the pantheon. What uh, uh, Zelda turned 35? Yeah, on yeah. Sunday, Zelda Legend of Zelda turns 35. Yep, uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past for Super Nintendo is my favorite game of all time. So that is a, a, that, a good year for me. <laughs> that's an outstanding game. Steve and I are fans of uh, Twilight Princess uh, from that series. Um, but hey, so when, when you when you say you had uh, what twenty eight systems, how far back do you go? I go uh, the earliest I have is the Atari twenty six hundred. Okay. okay. So and, I'm old school. Yeah, that was like the first system that we had when I was growing up. And are you still able to hook that actual system up, or is it just boxed away and kept as a more sentimental value? Well, right now, because I moved from Indiana, where I'm originally from, uh, to L.A., to moving with my girlfriend, our 900-square-foot apartment doesn't really handle <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be problematic. That it, it was the Atari 2600 or a bed, and my girlfriend uh, vetoed me. <laughs> 
Well, on that decision. So well, it's, right now it's in storage, but it will be hooked up when we get our house. Allow okay. me to access your expertise of the two systems of the Xbox and of the new PS5. What what rocks your world more? So for me personally, uh, I've been an Xbox guy for just a long time. Um, so that's the one that I went with. It was also the one I was able to get because both of them are uh, harder to get than the vaccine right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little tricky to get. Um, the general that I get, though, because I'm not a big, like, like console elitist kind of guy. Right. So play what your friends are playing. If your buddies have PS5s, get a PS5. If your buddies have Xbox, get an Xbox. You're going to be happy either way. Brian, every now and then I fantasize about uh, living in California. I have family there. I've spent a lot of time there over the years. Um, but you just reminded me of the main reason why I don't, which is a 900-square-foot uh, a apartment that you <laughs> can't even afford. What What is it like living in L.A. on, uh, say, a comedian's salary? Hmm? Oh, it's better now. Like, I don't want to get too much into the specifics, but America's Got Talent actually helped a lot. Yeah, sure. Where, uh, you know, I can, you know, do things like eat, which is cool. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. I know. It's, I mean, the dream. My mom's very proud is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, but uh, in a perfect world, and, and I like California. I'm growing to enjoy it. My, my girlfriend has a, a state job out there, so that's a big reason. I can do my job from anywhere. But uh, I'm a Midwest guy. Like, I grew up in a trailer park in Indiana. That's more my speed. So in a perfect world, I would just live there. But it, uh, you make the best of it. Yeah, It's funny because, you know, and out there, listen, and anytime you travel out, you see all these superior um, you know, human, you know, it's funny because we'll, we'll see shots of people who have undergone the plastic surgery and, 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 uh, and Preston and I will comment on it. And it's like, like in the, in the TMC zone in that 30-mile area, you look abnormal if you don't have that. Uh, so, so if you're like a, like a regular Midwest guy and you're out there, it's like you know we. I feel uncomfortable when I'm surrounded by all that perfection. It's it, it, did it, did it take a little acclimation for you to, to get used to to being amongst that? Well, I find in L.A. Uh, you need to be one of two things, um, especially in my line of work. You need to be very pretty or very funny. And luckily, God bestowed me with both. Yes. <laughs> You're blessed. The perfect specimen for yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> it, is it true that you uh, you were uh, practicing or at least interested in becoming a uh, pro wrestler? 100%. Yeah, that's where the cripple threat name came from. That was going to be the pro oh. wrestler name. And uh, I, tr- I actually went to a training school for a few months, uh, and it was my back that couldn't take it. It had nothing to do with my arms. That stuff is tough. Wow. Like you, people can make fun of her being fake all they want. It's it's not fake. It's scripted. Oh. It's a big difference. So yeah, but it's 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 acrobatics. It's, it's awesome. It's, you know, a lot of there's a lot of uh, wear and tear to the body that happens in wrestling. Yeah, I got about three months in and decided that I would rather just um, be funnier so I could eat pizza for the rest of my life. (laughs) Hey, I wanted to double back. You mentioned uh, growing up in a a trailer park, and trailer (laughs) parks get uh, beat up on pretty regularly. What's a a good thing that comes out of of growing up in in a trailer park? Um, You learn to become friends with all types of people. Yeah. Uh, At least for me, the way it works. Because, like, until you're about 10 years old, living in a trailer park is awesome. Because you're like, oh, sweet, all my friends live so close to me. I can literally touch their house from my window. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then you wake up one morning when you get about your 10th birthday, and you're then like, you're like, oh, no, everyone lives so close to me. Right. <laughs> we got to get out of here. I think, I think it's a good thing, though, early on to learn how to relate to people who are not like you or, or you know, and that, that's, that's, that's a skill that serves you well as, as, you know, in entertainment. And we've had, listen, 
I, I, just a word of advice: uh, the the new uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson has his new show. Basically, uh, you know him as a kid, uh, and as a wrestling fan, you got to check that out. I was telling Casey they have um, actors playing uh, you know young versions of all these classic yeah. the Iron Sheik. And uh, Andre yeah, the Giant. Yeah, a of my buddies are actually on there. Uh, my buddy Adam Ray is young Vince McMahon. Oh, and no then, kidding. Uh, Nate Jackson is uh, is young Junkyard Dog. Yeah, I, need, I still need to check out this week's episode for sure. Yeah, it's it's good. pretty wild for wrestling fans. It's just it's off the charts. Nice. I yeah, will... it, it did make me depressed though. It's going to be really hard for me to ever make young Ryan. There's going to be any young kids that look like me. I'll probably have to play six-year-old me and thirteen-year-old me and current me. It's going to really stretch my range. Well, maybe they maybe they'll have a budget and they can do CGI and, and work your arms in that Deep way. Fakes, so yeah. yeah, who knows, man? I, I mean, some of the wilder uh, America's Got Talent fans seem to think that it was CGI. Like I've been accused by a couple of uh, outliers for this being fake, and <laughs> they thought it was like special effects. <laughs> That, that yeah, your fake. your your disability, your arms were were CGI'd. Seriously, yes, exactly. So, so what, what, that, was, that that was the budget that, <laughs> that was what the show used most of their budget on that. Season. So so what what were they what were they saying? There's no way a guy could stand on stage and talk with arms like that. Basically, yeah, and and like if if we were going to fake something, why is this the template I would have chosen? <laughs> right. right. Oh. I, I would I would have done Billy's giant junk like that's what I would have asked them to CGI. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Well, listen, Ryan. We hope you're, you enjoy your uh, your weekend in Philly, and uh, hopefully next time around you'll be here in person, and we're able to have people in people in person uh, to the studio. Uh, but the shows are uh, tonight, and tomorrow, seven fifteen, nine thirty. You can go to heliumcomedy.com. Thanks a lot, Ryan. We appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it, guys. Take right. care, Ryan Neemiller, yeah. guys. Comedy Club. Nice guy. Uh, all right. We got another nice guy yeah. who's in the studio this morning. An in-studio guest. First time ever uh, in a year, roughly, yeah. that we've yeah. had an in-studio guest, but he's right down the hall. He's within the family. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially incest that's happening Third here cousin. on the radio. Uh, you hear middays on a 97.5 The Fanatic. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Gargano yeah. is here. I love you guys. How you doing? We love you, man. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny because all of our communication usually happens in the bathroom. I yeah. see you. I see Anthony. We cycle. We cycle together. We do. We're like this, boom. And then we have a quick conversation. It's great. Yeah. He's my bathroom buddy. We must be off sync because I never see you in the bathroom, man. Right, we'll work on that. All right? All right, we will. We'll work on getting that together. Uh, we wanted to have you by because obviously the Carson Wentz news uh, hit yesterday. We just talked about it briefly uh, yesterday. We uh, did with uh, well, we listened to uh, Barkan talk about it briefly, right? <laughs> but you had asked him a question about when it might come down, and he, and he flat out said, "Dude, it could happen today. It could happen three weeks from now, six weeks." He said, "But I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen today." And I got to tell you, I was, like right after we got off the air, we started I, hearing about it. I was so disappointed yesterday for a number of reasons, but reason number one was because my daughter was the one who broke the news to me. I had gotten home from work, and I had said to Barkan yesterday, I said. I don't think there was ever a time in Twitter history for me where I was checking Twitter as much as I was in the last three weeks huh. waiting for some sort of an announcement about Carson Wentz. 
I was and I was it was seemed like I was checking it every five to ten minutes just going it did it happen did it happen did it happen and then when I got home from work yesterday guess thought, what happened like, <laughs> and she was about to tell me everything I said don't, 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 don't say anything don't say anything so this all happened while you were on the air yesterday so what were your feelings yeah uh, we like you guys you know we're on the Wentz watch and every day we do the Wentz watch and yeah what's new and what kind of rumors and you knew it had to happen because he was doing a roster bonus and they had to get their economics in order. Like a substantial. It, yes, yeah, yeah. $10 million. Right. So the economics, which is already off because you're going to move him and eat right. a historic amount of money on the cap, they had to do it by this March 1st period. So you kept waiting for it. And for me, I, I'll tell you, I, I was sad because it's the culmination of three years and it's the great lament. Mm-hmm. When he comes in, you're like, oh, my God, we got a franchise quarterback? Yeah. Not since Donovan had we had one. I felt safe buying my children Carson Wentz jerseys. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, this guy's going to be with us for a while. I can invest this money. I had refused to buy any sort of sports jersey of any current player. The jersey I wear is Mike Quick, okay? Because he was an eagle. Yes. Safe. Reg- I got Mike Quick. I got Reggie White. Those Those two were safe. I felt safe buying people Carson Wentz jerseys. So, but, but Anthony, you, you bring up a, a good point, and, and it's and it reminds. He, listening to all this reminds me of the phrase "All glory is fleeting," mm. and it's. I think it's yeah. so true in just sports at this level. Mm. You, it's always the case. The accolades, the adulation. This is the beginning, and it ends with a whimper. I think about three years ago is yeah. the Super Bowl, right? Mm. But think about the real 30 for 30 is not how you win the Super Bowl. It's ha- it's the de-evolution of a Super Bowl team yeah. that took place. Yeah, ha- We wake up and Peterson's out <laughs> and Wentz is out. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> and part of it, guys, is mismanagement. I mean, I think we need to, to really look at. What really transpired? There are a lot of people calling for other heads to to roll. Obviously, we we, we know that. But but the, the you know it, it to me so you know Casey's you know bleeds green uh, you know and 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 Preston and I are we're observers and, and take it on on a more overall level. And so I, I get I get some aspects of it, and I know from where you come from and and, and you know real sports fanatics. To me, it, uh, I would implement anything I could to keep a team intact when they delivered one Super Bowl. Yeah. And yet, that's just not the mechanics because everyone's worth increases yeah. and they're going to go. For, but, I mean, to me, why doesn't it work that way? Well, uh, you got the cap and all, but I, th- I think you now something, Stevie. Think about ego. Yeah. Mm. Right? I mean, think about ego and the role it played. They win the Super Bowl, and then everybody has a book. Right. Right? Right. And it was, oh, well, look what we did. Look what happened. And it's almost like it all came home to roost. <laughs> and, you know, Wentz comes back, and then, you know, the town has already fallen in love with Nick Foles, and then the locker room likes Nick, and everything's kind of muddied. And then the next thing you know, their roster is horrible. Yeah. They, ha- they don't draft. They don't draft well. They don't put weapons around them. And then his mechanics go crazy. Yeah. The coaching's bad. He and Doug don't talk for ten games last year. That, How does that I, happen? I just heard about that. Like the the quarterback, the starting quarterback, and your head coach do not speak to each other right. for ten weeks. 
<laughs> what? What is? And whose fault is that? Come on. If you, I look at it like this: the organization, which is the coach, the general manager, right, in the right. front office, that's the parent. The player is the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you? How does the the coach not go, dude? I don't care if you're pissed off at me. All right, we're talking. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right, we're gonna talk. Yeah. We're gonna get through it. Yeah, yeah. What? What? How? You don't speak. Yeah. Anthony, what planet were we on? I saw a video yesterday. A friend sent it to me, and it was um uh, four or five years ago. And Doug is uh, chatting with um with someone John on Lynch. the field. John, John Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. Oh, and, oh. and so you've seen this, right? And um, they're talking. It's Carson has, has just joined the team, and they're talking about how great he is, how mentally prepared he is, what a hard worker he is, how smart he is. And then at the end of the video, Doug says, "We just can't screw him up." And and I'm like, "But you guys screwed him up!" Right? <laughs> you, you laugh, but it made me sad. It's it, what yes. they did to this kid. And listen, he's a kid, and I understand that blame is all. Everybody deserves blame in the situation, including Carson, for what happened over the last couple of years. But. It still made me sad. Yes, it did. And those words, as long as we don't screw them up, I hear it on a loop in yeah. my head over and over again as we bid adieu to our Savior, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he was the kid. He was the guy, man. Yeah. I All right, so I watched this season, obviously, unfold, and uh, it was a complete and total uh, disappointment and embarrassment. It was, it was perplexing. Uh, I, I watched his, I watched Carson give up sacks that were completely unnecessary. Yeah, uh, you know, so so he is definitely to blame for you know the the pitfalls of this season. But and listen, I I, I have a, a family, right? I, I pay a mortgage, so I don't want to see anybody lose their job, right? Carson is married; he's got a child. You know, Doug's got a family. You know, Schwartz has got a family. The, these guys all have bills to pay just like I do. I don't want to see anybody lose their job. But I watch what happened this season, and all of the people that are gone, I didn't want back with the team anyway. I didn't think Doug could coach a game. I didn't think uh, Schwartz could uh, adapt to a game. Sure. Carson, I didn't like what I saw, so I didn't want any of these guys but being But did on- you want another coach to fix them? Right? Like, th- that's what I wanted. I wanted a chance to, to rebuild the dude. Otherwise, I mean, look at I it. didn't I- know if he was capable of that. Does that, how often, do, so how often again, <laughs> how does a dynasty get built? How do you, you know, how, does, how do you? Know you- what? And it's, it's a great question. And if you look at New England, a dynasty is cold. And it's not fun. Yeah. And it's laborious. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's all those words. And after they won the Super Bowl, remember the quotes. Oh, we can do it. We can have fun. Yeah. Unlike New England. Uh- well, that was a likable team. The team that won the Super Bowl here in Philadelphia was a very likable team. Yeah, but ultimately, it was their demise. Yeah. Ultimately, they thought they had it licked. They thought that they understood it and realized no. Well, they no. came back Dynasties broken. are cold yeah. and unforgiving. <laughs> Look at what, what New England was able to do with not having a great draft pick, right? I mean, they, you know, for, for seasons after season, they were the, the last pick in the first round, or they didn't have a pick in the first round, and they were still somehow able to put together a team. How was that possible? Was it all? Was it Brady? Well, no, well, yeah, part of it's Brady and part of it's the brilliance of Belichick, but you got to draft well. And then this team has not drafted well. I mean, we talk about that. Wentz not having weapons. 
Where think about it. they took Jalen Hurts in this in the second wow. round. The, the, everybody, every football guy that you could talk to was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, the kid's nice kid. Nobody's probably a fourth rounder." And they don't have a receiver. They yeah. still don't have a receiver. Anthony, I want to ask you something you touched on about a different coach coming in and maybe uh, fixing Wentz and, and finding his problems. Does that happen that often in the game where you yeah. have somebody who has yes. innate talent? They're they're great at what they do. For some reason, they get the yips. I don't know what. And somebody else comes in and is able to refocus them and retune them and get them to playing to their uh, their their potential. And it's happening across the street. <laughs> it's happening with the Sixers. Like you can see how different that they're playing. You could see Embiid playing different. And why? Because Doc Rivers really kind of understands how to put guys together, right? right? They have a really good front office and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, and they put certain pieces. They were able to fix it so it looks better, right? So when you add all that, when you add the coaching and you add the care, Press, like that's that's what, how you can rebuild it. And that's why I had hoped that a new coach with a new vision comes in and saves the day. When you look back at um, the last 10 months and when you guys were looking for things to talk about in April and May when nothing was going on and you think about what's going on today, professionally, for you, this week is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I go, good morning. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, 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 boom. And every phone line's lit. Yeah. But it is the truth that, and we, you know, we've talked to just when actually when the, the sports story's bad, it's when it's best for. I mean, but and that's and your your job is to is to sort of to, to polish it. But it is. But you know what though, I I know that's the old adage, the sports talk guy. You don't put credence in that. Derives. Yeah, I, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I have to tell you, as someone born and raised in in the town, you want the win. I do. Yeah. Because I remember connecting on Broad Street. I was drunk on tequila <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl, and I'm hugging everybody <laughs> on Walnut Street. Yeah. One you know, of the I greatest days. Again. Yes, yeah, yeah. one of the greatest days. I mean, it, it was a, it was a, a bitterly cold. We slapped together a thing. We oh, were up the on parade? the balcony. It was yeah, it yeah. was sensational, you know. And so the, ultimately, yeah, I I hear you. We, and, and we can all connect. With- and the city freaking deserves it. That's yes. why. That's why it's so mind boggling to me. You know, you know the 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 nuance far better than than I could ever understand it. To me, it just seems like. You know, like you look at Carson Wentz, and and so many times we've had and athletes come to this city. Oh, it's going to be great injury. Yes, oh, it's going to yeah. be injury, injury, but injury. But that's the NFL, man. You know, like what happened to us the year after the Super Bowl is we got beat up. You know, and and like you know our quarterback was down. You know, the the, the defense. You know. Got hurt and and uh, God, Corey, uh, Corey Clement was a shell of what you know he looked like. He was going to be you know he was on to something. He had a, a, a major impact on that Super Bowl win with that with that catch. And yes, it was a catch. All right, uh, I don't you know hate You're that. Right. I, I, I hate that argument. But um, so I, I'm just I'm going back to to this last draft, uh, and I'm I'm looking at a text chain between me and my older brother and. Uh, you know, we were going back and forth. I said, all right, the pick is because normally we would watch the draft at each other's houses. Right. And pandemic. Right, 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 he right. So we were just texting. And so, you know, we go, the pick is in. And uh, and for some reason, his cable was ahead of mine. So I go, did they take Jefferson or Murray? Who's Murray? What? Kenneth Murray's a linebacker. OK. From Oklahoma. OK. I'm like, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I go, did they take Jefferson or Murray? And he goes, 
Jalen Rager. And I go, what the F? <laughs> right? And then my brother's like, I'm so mad. And then we just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then we go to the very next day. And uh, and uh, I say, oh, where are we at here? I go, all right. So I, for some reason, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't watch the draft live. So I go, all right, who did they take? He goes, uh, just wait for it. He goes, you're going to go nuts. And I'm like, all right, well, who did they, you know? And then they said, Jalen Hurts. And I'm like, what is, how, this team, this. You still haven't gotten over it, I, have I, you? Well, no, I don't you're, understand you're, you're what they're doing. incomprehensible. I, like, point. listen, I'm a, I, you know, I was a communications major at her son's college. I had no idea, like, oh, but, but even I know. What are they doing? You have holes galore. What? <laughs> so if you're Carson Wentz, do you go, we took a quarterback? With the second pick? Right? Even Carson, who didn't curse, <laughs> we would knew say, that what the F? Okay. <laughs> we knew that they needed to take a wide receiver in the first round. We all, but Jalen Rager, okay. Maybe they know more than I do. They don't. <laughs> well, that becomes clear, and that's that's why. So, so give me, if if I may, Casey, give me. Okay, I'm gonna. This is the worst. worst thing. What is your turn the screw fix to all this? Oh, did you see Anthony's face? Yeah, I know, I know, and I knew it's it's the worst question to ask somebody. It's a red button, and you press it, and yeah. it detonates, and you go back in time. You go back in time, and you take DK Metcalf. Instead of J-Jaw. Amen, brother. All right? Yeah. Amen. You take Justin Jefferson <laughs> instead of Jalen Reger. I still have How about Jeremy Jaylen. Chin? The safety. Right, well, there are no players. Why is, it, why is it so easy for you to say these things and, and that management doesn't see that? Well, because I don't know who is pick, who's making those picks. And are those guys gone? You know? Did Howie want DK? You know, and listen, I didn't know DK. So that I was didn't a medical, yeah, right? Yeah. That was a medical that was his issue, neck, right? right? But if it's so blatantly obvious, I know that you're screaming at the top of your lungs back then. Yes, yeah. about it. Not not just now, you know, playing uh, hindsight. Hmm. But if it's so blatantly obvious, why, why, why don't they see it? Why don't the people that are making the call see that too? I don't. Are so, they idiots? Well, that's why I'm asking yes. Anthony. Yeah. You have people that are incompetent, right? Now, again. Now, maybe the owner likes a certain player, and he's the boss, and you yeah. got to go with whatever the owner says, wink, wink. But throughout sports, there are people who are incompetent. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Remember no. when, the, when the Phillies won the World Series and uh, Pat Gillick helped put together that team? But Ruben Amaro Jr. had a lot to do with it, right? And then uh, Ruben stayed on for too long, and he invested in players that he shouldn't have invested on. And looking back on it, even while it was happening, it was obvious to fans. And then you draw analogies to the Eagles now, and, and it seems fairly obvious to most Eagles fans, to people in sports media or whatever, that, that Howie Roseman keeps making mistakes, and then he's able to keep a job. And I, I always find that dichotomy interesting. That you look at these people that are just fans, but they know better. You know, yeah, it, yeah. And, and again, part of it is the owner, right? Part of it is who, if the owner feels like he wants his voice heard, you have to have a GM who's not going to say, hey, Mr. Owner, sit in the corner. You have to have an owner and a GM to go, oh, okay, what are you thinking? You know, it, what kills me, though, is that you have a time now where you have you have more more than ever an ability to to sort of uh, skim your audience and skim, you know, the, the, the people who are going to be your, you know, who are going to filling those seats, and, and they still seem to sort of ignore, I mean, 
I could see that, you know, I was hearing that the, there were mis- mistakes being made. How, I mean, unless you're just resolutely committed to absolutely paying no attention to what the fandom believes, why, why, to Preston's confusion, why don't they spend a little more time and sp- invest a little bit more in surveying and and questioning the, the the fan base here in Philadelphia. Listen, you, in sports, they invent vernacular. Yeah. Right? Why? Because they they want to believe they'd be the smartest people in the room. Right. So they look at the fans as the rabble. Right? They look at them and go, so if I'm inventing well, you don't understand. They're a poor fan at home. We know better. Right. Because you have to sell the owner that you deserve to be paid Two million dollars to play fantasy football. <laughs> it's right. It's yeah. job. It's yes. job security. It's yes. job security. I hear you. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's how you do it. That's exactly how you would do it. You know, because you lo and behold, what if you were to realize it's not that hard? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. why if you always look at a new season in any new sport. New vernacular pops up. Yeah, yeah. They invent new words so that every time the public catches up, they have to add other words to say, check out the big brain on me. (laughs) I believe that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so who do you go with a sixth pick in this next draft? Do you go with a wide receiver? Do if if Jamar Chase is you go with a cornerback because a cornerback, Patrick Sertain or Caleb Farley, there are two corners yeah. that are foundation pieces, right? So you in, in this passing age of football, yeah. you need someone that could be on on play defense and actually cover guys, right? And that's a guy that can be good for ten years. Especially in this division, when you have players like CeeDee Lamb and uh uh Cooper and McLaurin and whoever the Giants are gonna draft in this draft. Sure. Because it looks like they may end up with Devonta Smith, so uh, yeah, I I think you need to. The biggest fear is how long is this rebuild going to take? And it's a rebuild. Trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, when when you have yeah. when you have twenty two starters, like a rebuild, you know, this isn't the Sixers. You know, you're not yeah. putting five guys on yeah. the field. You know, you're yeah. putting eleven on each side. Yeah, and you're getting older. Yeah, and all these pieces that you were you know putting into the puzzle over the last five years are not. You know, turning out to you know, yeah. be- you know, to, to, to your points though, you know, all of this stuff from from again, your your blood is invested in this, but bringing up Anthony, the that parade was, <laughs> was so much fun. It was. We could use a few more. It of those. was. Yeah. It was. You know, bonding with one another. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that way, it was beautiful. Yeah. Man. I always say, there's nothing like that feeling when the Phillies won in '08. When we were sitting there, and it was red October, we were down there, and the town's frothy with excitement. Yeah, yeah. That's infectious. Have you ever heard my uh, my audio from when the Phillies won the World Series? Yes! <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They did it! That's it. That's 25 yeah. years of pent-up excitement. Yeah. Yeah. 100 That's seasons. Tangible. I, do, I, like the, uh, I like the Sixers this year. You know, that there's reason for optimism across the street from uh, from the link. Yeah, there is. There, there's, they're one piece away. Okay. They just need another score, three-point shooter. And they got Daryl Morey, who's really, really smart who actually deserves to be a general manager, and Elton Brand. They're sharp guys. And Doc, yeah. man. Uh, Doc yeah, really, Doc's great coach. He's, yep. cha- he's changed the team. I, I think like the, yeah. just the mindset has changed. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They're close. That's our next hope. 
Okay. All right? And we will all be together. And hope springs eternal. And, and, and there'll be no pandemic, and, and we can share a tequila bottle. <laughs> it was actually passing yeah. around. Hell yes. I got to say, it's hard for me, though, to care about a team again because for the, you know, the last quarter of the season with the Eagles, I stopped caring, which was actually freeing. Right, because I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. a t- this is a terrible team, yeah. and the better they do, the worse it's going to be for me." So, like, I don't really care, you know. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, "Okay, like, you've been I, liberated." I yeah. was liberated. The second though, you see, you see something that catches you, you know, you're going <sighs> to you're going to be in it fully. It's the same with you, Andy. I see you nodding. Well, it's with the Sixers, and, and that's yeah, what it is. I started caring again. Yeah. And a basketball game is a and the lot. Flyers are good too. And the Flyers are good too. But a basketball game is a lot more. It, I get a lot more anxious watching basketball than right. I do with football because mm-hmm. with football, plays unfold. And, you know, basketball is back and forth and back and forth. And you can go on a you know, 17-0 run and then an 0-17 run. And, you know, you could be up by 20 points and, and it comes down to a buzzer beater. And, you know, so it, so basketball for me, it's a, it's a little more nail-biting. Yeah, yeah. a lot more nail-biting. Yeah. It's interesting well. stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, we just can have every confidence, though, that next year we or this year we win uh, the, the Super Bowl. Yeah. We can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. no. no it, it's going to be a long time. Yeah. Long time. <laughs> All right. Well, we knew it, it. It came down during your show yesterday, and we wanted to get uh, your your take over here on you air. You guys are the best. Thanks, uh, Barry. Thanks. Appreciate Thank it. You You're for the best. Me, Thank right? you. Yeah. The Cuz, Anthony yeah. Gargano, guys. And you can catch him on 97.5 The Fanatic, but yeah. you already knew that, didn't you? Just a bit he'll be on. All right, we're going to take a break. And as we take a break, I want to give away a case can. Yes. Unload some of these. Yes. Uh, the Mauritanian is a movie. We have a virtual screening of it, and I can give away uh, eight. No, let's do nine. Whoa. Nine. I don't want to push don't do it. ten? No. Ten would sound too desperate. Ten desperate. Nine callers at 215-263-WMMR, and it is a virtual screening pass. Jody Foster, uh, Shailene Woodley, Benedict Cumberbatch, February 24th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's in select theaters now, available wherever you rent movies on March 2nd. 215-263-WMMR. We'll be back in a moment. B-Files coming up. WMMR.com. A great way to stay up to date on the latest rock news and station happenings. Listen live via your laptop, the free mobile app, or just tell your smart speaker to play MMR. From Preston and Steve's Daily Rush to Pierre's Weekend Calendar and the latest on Jackson's Local Shots. It's everything that rocks your computer. Head over to the contest page for the Busy Resolution Season Poll, where you can enter to win $250 and a mini vacation in Vermont just for answering one simple question. Pick up some busy hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C at a retailer near you. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. All right, let's do this again. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Final. Well, we're going to begin with this story, and this happens from time to time, but in my book, especially the Bizarre File, it never gets old. A man was left with uncontrollable pain after he tried to enlarge his penis with a metal ring as he wanted to impress his girlfriend on Valentine's Day. With a a classic C-ring? No, not a classic (laughs) C-ring. The unnamed man had heard the trick that required only the contents of his toolbox. Mm. The man from Thailand, from Bangkok, believed that putting his genitals through a nut would enlarge it and strengthen it by forcing blood into the glands. Huh. He used baby oil to get it on. However, 
Uh, it turned out to be a horror as the man was rushed to the hospital after the metal ring got stuck. Uh, the next day, he started to swell and he experienced pain. Jeez. He tried removing the ring, but it was in vain. Bust a nut! <laughs> a, uh, he said, I was terrified that I would need my penis amputated. I thought that it would burst. Uh, he called the emergency. We've all been there. Emergency services on Saturday afternoon. The nut was stuck around the base. And uh, once Metis arrived, he was rushed. He was rushed to the hospital. Uh, the metal ring was carefully sliced through with a metal cutter in an hour-long operation as the man cried with pain throughout the procedure. Oh, my balls! Uh, the, man- <laughs> the man had a... Uh, the ring had a diameter of 3 centimeters and was 1.5 centimeters thick. Should have gotten Steven Singer. Uh, the doctors used a handheld steel tool, a pair of pliers... You never want to hear pliers and penis. In yeah, the no, sense. no. Those are great vaudeville team of the twenties. A thin metal sheet to avoid the slide under the ring and uh, to avoid the man's skin from being cut. Uh, the metal nut was removed without a scratch on the man's penis. I get incredibly nervous when I I trim my pubic hair. Yes. Can you imagine taking a wrench to your to your junk? Uh, he was prescribed antibiotics and anti-inflammatory cream to reduce the swelling. Uh, in Louisiana, you know, obviously the uh, storm, the uh, uh, winter storm in Texas has been all the story, but there are other places that have been sure. dealing with this as well. And some unfortunate deaths and one really strange one, a 77-year-old man in Louisiana drowned after falling into an ice-covered swimming pool. Yeah. Bringing the state's death toll to three after the winter storm. Uh, the other two people died in Lafayette, a woman who got stuck outside and a man who died after slipping on ice and hit his head. Authorities say the woman, Mary Gilroy, uh, left her home and wandered around her neighborhood in freezing weather. She went to a neighbor's home for assistance and died out in the cold. And the 77-year-old man drowned. He slipped on ice and then fell in a swimming pool. Now, I don't know if he was walking on the pool or if he slipped next to it and fell fell in in the pool. Uh, But they're just not used to it. No, no. They they don't know. You You don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The State Department and the Attorney General charged two Louisiana residents with bribing airport screeners in an attempt to bypass Hawaii's mandatory safe travels rules after arriving on Friday. Officials said Jontrell White and Nadia Bailey arrived without valid COVID-19 exemption or pretest. And White allegedly offered an airport screener $2,000 to let him pass through without having to quarantine. And Bailey allegedly threw in an extra $1,000 to let them both through. Listen, it's it's always worth giving a shot to bribing a federal official. Uh, the screener alerted deputy sheriffs who arrested the two for bribery. After White and Bailey were booked and released, they immediately flew back to the mainland. How much, just to look the other way, I'm busing cocaine. Right. Uh, A badly injured surfer was rescued after writing help in the sand before collapsing on a remote New Zealand beach. Uh, The man was surfing by himself at Kerker Beach near Auckland. What does gelp mean? When he was swept into rocks by crashing waves. He lost his board, scrambled ashore after suffering serious injuries in the water. Uh, He then became lost while trying to walk through thick bush. Uh, He spent two hours... That's what they call it down there. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's like pubic hair. Like yeah. the pubic like hair would be Harry called a bush. 
you know. But yeah, sweaty bush. Yeah, like so. a, like I mean, an old prostitute probably has. Yeah, really big, big sweaty hairy bush. Bush smells right. bad. Yeah. Whole thing <laughs> probably bugs. So he spent two hours trying to escape uh, the beach before giving and up the and bush. writing a message in the sand. Left no other option. He scrawled the word "help" on the beach and collapsed. Luckily, he wrote "helped" and collapsed. He, he wrote the word help, and then, oh, he, then just, he passed out. Okay, I thought he, wrote, I thought he actually wrote out help and collapse. No, 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 no. <laughs> and with an arrow yeah, drawn yeah, yeah, to yeah. his body. Because <laughs> that's too much work. Yeah. he lies on the beach. <laughs> uh, luckily. He took the time to write. Yeah. That's a I mean, lie. he's giving, like, up to the second commentary. <laughs> kind of hungry. Yeah. Lucky, a woman walking on a track spotted the surfer <laughs> writing his message of desperation. She called a local surf club. Lightheaded. And two lifeguards raced to the scene on a jet ski. What is D73H? That is help upside down, by the oh, way. Nice. Okay. Uh, they gave him emergency first aid before taking him to an ambulance where he was rushed to the hospital. Uh, cops were called by the man's wife when she had reported him missing, but apparently he's uh, doing better now. Uh, and then uh, we'll end with this one, because this happens every year. A pair of burglary suspects were arrested in Tacoma after deputies followed their footprints in the snow no. to track them down. Deputies were called at 2.39 a.m. when a deputy arrived at the scene. He saw two men fleeing. Instead of running after the men, deputies checked the house first to determine if a possible crime had been committed. A detached garage had been broken, had a broken window on a door. Uh, a canine was deployed and followed two sets of footprints into the snow, one leading from the garage to a church parking lot where a man was found hiding in a dumpster under a piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. The second set of footprints led deputies to a tree. <laughs> they called the second man to climb down from the tree. The footprints end right here. <laughs> uh, police, both suspects were arrested <laughs> and booked into the county jail for second-degree burglary. Uh, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We will reward you for your longevity this morning. You've been listening for a while. We'll ask a lesson question about today's show. Get you some goods, and we'll get the trash and music news, too. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, let's do today's lesson question. We got two I Burger Wawa T-shirts and a twenty-five dollar Wawa gift card. Uh, if you can answer the question correctly, and the question I have is, what is Vin Diesel's new superhero movie Cold Stun about? <laughs> it's about two things actually. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you get one of them, we'll be fine with that. Uh, but what is Vin Diesel's new superhero movie called Cold Stun about? Two one five two six three, WMMR will do the trash while we're waiting for that call. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Gwen and Mercy University. Their graduate programs of proven professors who can help propel you to the next level. Visit them at gmercyu.edu. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Prince Philip apparently doing much better after being hospitalized in London for a few days. Doctors say the 99-year-old Philip apparently tore his rotator cuff after quickly changing his mind. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dolly Parton graciously passing on the offer of a statue in her honor outside of the Tennessee Capitol saying... Timing just doesn't feel right. Officials issued a statement saying they commend Dolly for her humility and instead will go with a quarter-scale bust of Mama June Shannon made out of jerky. Oh! 
And finally, Madonna completing work on a Netflix documentary chronicling her most recent Madame X tour. Netflix says this will finally give the world a chance to see the tour the world initially seemed very disinterested in. Yeah. <laughs> and this is your All right, uh, let's see who was paying attention this morning and listening. Uh, Vin Diesel's new superhero movie, Cold Stun. What is it about? Uh, it's not really a movie. I'm going to go to Clint and see if he knows. Hey, Clint, good morning. Good morning, get bubba, bitch. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, what is Vin Diesel's new superhero movie, Cold Stun, about? Sea Turtles? Sea Turtles, yes. Yeah. And family. And family. That's what it's about. Family right. Sea Turtles. Hang on, Clint. We are going to give you a, uh, well, we're going to give you two, actually. I Burger Wawa t-shirts and a $25 Wawa gift card. And Wawa has launched its burger as the first of many new dinner items in 2021. It's available at 900 locations starting at 4 p.m., and at the two new drive-through locations in West Hampton, New Jersey, and Mooresville, PA, at 11 a.m., and you can enter Wawa's Burgers for a Year contest through uh, through today. Actually, today is the wrap-up of that. Text Wawa to three nine three three three, and we'll send you the contest link. So get on and now. Preston and Steve's music news on ninety three three WMMR. Yeah! Yeah! All right, T, a few stories for you. We'll begin with this one during a recent BBC Radio 2 show. Foo Fighters performed a cover of the Bee Gees song, You Should Be Dancing. And it's really close to the original. Dave Grohl said that he purposefully didn't stray too far from the original's energy. He talked about how the band decided on this song in particular. He said, well, listen, somebody said, hey, have you seen that Bee Gees documentary? And I was like the last person on earth, the only person that hadn't seen it. So I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do a Bee Gees song? After recording, Dave said, I have never, ever in my life sung like that. But it was the easiest song that I've ever sung in my entire life. It was like six minutes and I was done. I should have been singing like this for the past 25 years. The documentary, by the way, is terrific. I've seen it like four times. Uh, and uh, you, you know, you just get a great appreciation for the broad scope yeah. of the Bee Gees songwriting capability. And when they decided to give it a try, the falsetto. using falsetto yeah. voice, and it led to a pretty signature sound for them. So here is uh, their cover. Here we go. Absolutely love it. Uh, I love the song. I love the version. That is the song that Tony Manero displays his dancing prowess uh, when he takes to the glowing floor on the 2001 disco. That's the song that's playing. It was a number one hit in 1976 and, of course, was a big, big uh, part of Saturday Night Fever. Marilyn Manson's former keyboard tech turned personal assistant backs up Evan Rachel Wood's allegations against the singer. 
Dan Cleary shared what he witnessed while on tour with Manson between 2007 and 2008 on his own podcast, saying, uh, meaning uh, Evan Rachel Wood, he said, her demeanor changed. Her physical looks changed. She got skinnier. He said her whole, like, aura just became darker. Uh, Cleary claims that he told Manson's manager about it at the time, but he said that the manager seemed to know all that and didn't really care a lot. Cleary added, there's people saying that I'm complicit because I saw this stuff happening and I didn't do anything, and I'll accept that. He said there is some truth in that. Uh, The allegations against Manson have caught the attention of federal and Los Angeles law enforcement, according Mm -hmm. to TMZ. Detectives from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department will be speaking with one of his alleged victims in the near future. Reportedly, um, sheriff's deputies are working to determine if a crime was committed and if it uh, falls under the jurisdiction and if it warrants further investigation. I think we've just seen the beginning of this. Agreed. Greta Van Fleet has released a new video for the song Heat Above, which is included on the band's upcoming sophomore album, uh, The Battle at Gardens Gate. Uh, The project is due out on April 16th via release. Greta Van Fleet said, Heat Above is theatrical, eloquent, and exaggerated. Uh, This is a dream in the clouds. And exculpatory. A moment of peace in the storm, he said. Uh, Thematically, we are dead center in the cult of heaven, surreal, strange, alive, and free. That's according to the band. Uh, they debu- debuted the song last week in an interview with uh, Zane Lowe. So there's a little bit of that. Man, he gets up high. Definitely doesn't sound like Zeppelin, as some people have uh, claimed. No, that they do. you said early rush. Yeah, uh, as, as it plays, I'm hearing some other. Wow, interesting. All right, I'll spend some time with it and see what I think about it. But interesting, I haven't heard a uh, a high pitched vocalist like that in a while. So, not since um, who, who did Space People? Space people is, is what a lot of people will reference that. They come from space, so they don't come from here. These are the space people. By the way, a recording of that is aboard the Mars uh, probe. <laughs> oh, um, the Perseverance? Yeah. Okay. And to play, if, if in fact it is uh, aliens, uh, you know, Martians, we're assuming, unless there are another planet happened to be on Mars that day, but... Uh, they uh, their proximity will activate the song as a greeting. And they'll get it. They're yeah. space people. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and they're not from here. No. They're, they're from a different planet. Yeah. Paul Stanley was so excited to get his vaccine that he went on to tell his fans. He posted, I got my second COVID shot this morning. So grateful, thrilled. Please, let's all stay safe as possible and continue to watch out for each other. Uh, the good vibes continue with a uh, later post that read, well, I'm thinking about it. I just want you all to know how grateful I am for this ongoing connection that we have. Each and every one of you matters, and I read all of your comment. I read all of your comments daily, and I thank you all for being in touch with me. That is it. You're so ginchy. Happy that he got his second shot. Uh, and then finally, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Bon Jovi released a new video for their current single, "Story of Love." True to the lyrics. 
The video takes a deeply personal look at John's family life, revealing never-before-seen family photos and home videos. About the song, John said, although I wrote Story of Love about my family, I hope when people listen to it and watch the video, they'll see themselves and their family. Uh, Story of Love is from their 15th studio album called 2020. And that is all I have in music. That's all you need. All right, we're going to break. We're going to come back and wrapping this thing up for the week with no sad bro. We'll have a chance for you to win our Word of the Week prize when we get back. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR has been to some strange places. And now we're at Radio.com. Come visit. At 10.33 on a Friday morning, getting ready to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, when I mentioned the weather forecast in the last segment, that there's more snow showers on the way. I was already getting texts from people like in Morgantown saying it's snowing there. So, yeah, it's, it's popping Knock up. Knock it off. Areas. I know. I know. We may be done after this. I don't know, man. But it's uh, it's expected to be not crazy, but definitely getting some more snow. Uh, but we'll have sunshine tomorrow, high 32, sunny on Sunday, 36. Oh, by the way, I think Saturday's going to be windy and cold, too, That's by great. the way. Isn't that great? Uh, but some rain slash snow on Monday with a high 42, which... What's the... That can't be a big uh, 42, so yeah. And, and then... It's got to be sun snow. And then 44 on uh, Tuesday, and I think we might... We might be warming up even more after that. I haven't looked at the extended forecast as of yet, but I thought I saw maybe temperatures in the 50s, which would be cool. Yep. Uh, I would like to thank our guests uh, for being on today. We had Derek Pitts. Yeah! Chief Astronomer of the Franklin Institute. Such a knowledgeable, nice guy. And uh, we were talking about perseverance that landed on Mars yesterday. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. And they have this great... Uh, Crayola exhibit at the Franklin Institute that's happening right now as well. There's always really cool exhibits that are, yeah. I mean, just the Franklin Institute alone, the, the regular things that they have are awesome, but they bring in these exhibits that come and they kind of hang around for a month or two and they're really cool. Especially things, but you, you can pretty much just go without even knowing what that exhibit is or what, yeah. what the show is, so to speak, and, and still have a fantastic time. FI.edu if you want to check out the information. Ryan Niemiller was on. He's yeah. performing at Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight and tomorrow. Very nice guy. It was cool to have him on. Uh, and then we had Anthony Gargano on. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's just a little bit energetic. Uh, but we were talking Carson Wentz, and uh, he had a lot to say. He and Casey were screaming, not at each other, but with each other yeah. uh, for a good stretch of that uh, that conversation. You there's know, a lot to scream about. there's a lot to scream about. His sandwich that used to be, I don't, it's not on the menu anymore at Primo's, but it was the Cuz. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law loved it. Oh, yeah. And uh, they did away with it. So I got to put some, you know, maybe get Anthony's sandwich back at Primo's because it was, it was a hit. Yeah. Nice. Keep my brother-in-law happy. Uh, of course, you can hear him on 97.5, the fanatic, our sister station. Um, we will need to do the letter of the day, and I believe. Do you know? I, I know, can do it. You do. Preston and Steve on ninety WMMR. Now the daily letter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was told what it's supposed to be. Okay. All right, the President Steve show brought to you today by the letter E. Yes, as in Eagles. All right, and caller number <laughs> nine at two one five two six three WMMR. I think I did caller nine last week. Ten sounds desperate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Ten sounds desperate. Ten uh, just reeks of desperation. <laughs> Not be crazy. What's the most desperate number? Ten. Ten. By four. Two one five two six three WMMR. What's the loneliest number? Call one. That's yeah. one. Yeah, loneliest yeah. number that you'll ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Two can be as sad as one. But... Yeah, but it's the loneliest number since the number one. What is the origin of ten B? I mean, I know it's Bill, but like, why? I was giving, I was giving away like movie. Uh, it might have been, you know what, Kathy? It might have been um, a mixer oh. passes or something like okay. that, where we had like yeah, you know hundreds to give away. Okay, okay. And uh, I'll never forget because Bill said, "Well, the number ten seems kind of um, desperate." <laughs> Like was kind meaning of we pause. needed these people. Yeah, like we can't get rid we of them. We can't get rid of them. So, so, therefore, so if it's like eight, it sounds like you just have eight left, whereas ten seems yeah. a rather arbitrary number. Uh, God, we were trying really hard to get rid of these, and we can't. <laughs> yeah. They're never very well attended. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So anyhow, that's the desperation story. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you, I was thinking about the number ten and how dumb it is that a ten inches is not a foot. Why did they have to make a foot twelve <laughs> inches? Because it just makes every I mean, like the look, adding and everything. So you might be a metric boy. Yeah, mm. I don't know, Casey. Maybe before they came up with inches, foot was already an established maybe. length, and it was just known well, as a foot. You know what? I'm going to do a little really research. Know. We'll get back to you on Monday. Yeah, that's a good question. Off air, of course. That's why the metric system is easier to uh, yeah to compute because it's uh, based on ten, but. You know, the metric system, uh, if we're going to get into this, it actually has to do with uh, the distance in between the North Pole and the equator. No. You, you divide it down by a certain number of times, and you can get to a centimeter. And so, like, it, it literally, it's like the power of 10. Uh, times 10. Yeah, it, I, I'm not going to get the math correct, but, like, it actually has to do with the, with the precise distance in between those two points on Earth. If we were taught it more properly in school, it would be a much more efficient way to figure things out, especially oh, yeah. when it comes to, like, liquids and so on. There's yeah. two countries in the world that don't use the metric because system. Because when, when, you, when you start going quarts, pints, yeah. gallons, and, uh, you know, and then you break it down to tablespoons and, and teaspoons and all that stuff, it's, it's crazy, It's man. a pain in the arse. I just ask <laughs> Siri all the time what that stuff means. All right, let me go to the phones. We're looking for caller number nine. It's Owen. Good morning, Owen. Good morning. Owen, what's the word of the week, man? Trey. Trey! As in Trey Cool from the band Green Day, which is, of course, our weekend, but it has nothing to do with the prize that you win, Owen. You, sir, get 15 digital movies, including Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Hobbit trilogy. For a complete list, you can click contestwmmr.com. Hang on the line, Owen. We're going to get your information. We are going to take care of you. And, yes, it is a Green Day weekend. Case, can I have that info? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of good stuff going on this weekend. Uh, it was Billy's birthday the other day. Blocks every hour of Green Day um, this weekend. And, it, and we're talking hits, deep tracks, solos, side project, all that stuff. Uh, you can vote for your favorite Green Day song now at WMMR.com and enter to win a guitar signed by the band. And we're going to be giving away vinyl through the weekend. And then Saturday night at 7 is the Billy Joe birthday party, a three-hour marathon of Green Day, including a brand-new song called Here Comes the Shock. So that's coming up. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today. Hey, he's back! <laughs> oh, uh, brought to you. Sing along, Rock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brought to you by your local Acme Markets, fresh food, local flavors. Also, uh, Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Next week on our program, listen to this. Judd Nelson will be on the show. Yeah. Lorraine Newman, oh. one of the original Not Ready for Primetime Players Legendary. Saturday Night Live. Walton Goggins will nice. be joining us. Uh-huh. Adam Ferraro will be on the program. And Casey had mentioned this earlier, our friend from London who we spent time with when we were in London broadcasting, Leah Hatsakis, will be joining us too. So nice. We'll have those things and more to add to it next week. That is it. We are done. 
Rage on. No sad, bro. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you later. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, this is Fred Klein, and I'm the owner of Artisan Homebrew, local beer and wine homebrew supply store located right in the heart of Chester County in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Whether you've never made your own beer or wine before and want to learn how and get started, or you already have lots of experience, we have you covered. We have a large selection of ingredients in homebrewing needs. Stop on by or check us out online and Facebook at Artisan Homebrew in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much. Next message. Hi, everyone. My name is Noelle, owner of Noelle Ford Hair Design. I'm so proud to announce the opening of my salon suite, located at 1045 Buffleton Pike, Easterville Tree Boat. I specialize in hair color and design, plus I'm certified in hair extensions and keratin treatments. Check me out on Instagram at noelleford.hairdesign or book online at noellefordhairdesign.glossgenius.com. Mention WMMR and receive 20% off your first visit. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.